have lavish. Could be lavash. Lavash. Could be lavash, but it could be lavish. Lavish also has a buttery voice. The person that I would recommend is to listen to Lavish on the Behind the Schemes podcast. This program contains mature subject matter. Including maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbillies, and the excitement of the price is right. It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers. Viewer discretion advised. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. I'll give you a choice. I can put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. You maniacs! What is a man? When we are successful, we do it. We had a real chance to get But how do woke ideas spread? Well, here are five ways. One way that woke ideas spread is as idea viruses. Some idea viruses are rational and replicate because they improve people's lives. A new medical treatment for COVID patients is an example. But some idea viruses spread by disarming their host's critical faculties. The anti-rational woke idea virus tells any potential host, if you criticize me, you are racist or fragile. No one wants to be called a racist, so they give in. The woke idea virus evades our critical thinking immune system and spreads. A second way that woke ideas spread is by idea laundering. Here's how it works. A professor who supports critical social justice creates an academic journal with like-minded peers. Other scholars publish in the journal or a similar journal and quote each other. It becomes an echo chamber. The arguments of scholars go in one side as an idea and come out the other as, voila, knowledge. Woke activists then point to this scholarship as justification for their radical activism. A third way that woke ideas spread is by generational gaming. Millennials were coddled more by their parents than previous generations and learned to influence reality by manipulating baby boomer authority. They became experts at exploiting baby boomer power structures. They figured out that one way to get boomers who are susceptible to charges of discrimination and bigotry to cede power is by ramping up woke claims. Boomers fell for it. It works, and wokeness spreads. A fourth way that woke ideas spread is when younger people yearn for a system of meaning to replace the void of religion. When discussing his time at Columbia University, the writer Coleman Hughes said that Intersectional politics was the primary way people built a sense of self. Like religion, wokeness provides a means of engaging in fellowship with like-minded believers. Religion left a void that wokeness filled. A fifth way that woke ideas spread is that the woke hunt in packs. They collectively attack institutions that they deem violate woke ideology. Hunting in packs sends shockwaves into institutions 
generating the exaggerated sense of being flooded by angry customers or stakeholders. The institutions frequently give in to the demands, which emboldens the woke mob to move on to its next target. If you need help opposing the spread of irrational ideas within your organization, visit counterweightsupport.com slash seek support from counterweight and fill in our inquiry form. Or to find out five more ways that woke ideas spread, check out our essay on the topic now. Spreading idea viruses like butter on hot toast. This is episode 137 of Behind the Schemes for January 30th, 2023. And damn it, I just lost the game. This is Booberry, Black Knight of the Mothman. And all the way from way the hell over here on the bereft coast where we all lost the game a long time ago. My name is Lavish. Uh, press F in the chats. Well, that's okay. Don't blame the player, as they say. <laughs> blame the one that told you the rules. It's their yeah. fault. If there was no game, there'd be no problem. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as I'm aware, since the Queen of England died, she was, from what I understand... She was the only one that could technically officially end the game. Uh, so I would be curious to see how that shakes out now. I think that's why they have lead uh, coffins for the royal family, because they're trying to just keep that power restrained in the coffin. If anyone ever is able to crack that thing open, who knows? Who knows what devastation could occur? Um, be no good, man. Nothing but rampant destruction. Nothing. Nothing but rampant destruction. Well, uh, I, by the way, those little uh, sighs and moans of pleasure that are coming through, those are boostograms. We got boostograms coming through left and right. It's hot. Hot night. Hot yeah, Monday night. It looks like I'm going to have to get a little medieval here because uh, something borked on the IRC cacophony. Um, <laughs> getting a little baseball whack in there. A little oh. katana action. For, slice. Uh, yeah, for Make Heroism and uh, for Servo there. Thank you, Servo. Thank you, Make Heroism. Both came in with 6666 66 sat saying, uh, Servo said, voila, goat. Voila. Yeah. Oh, how you doing? How was your week? Oh, week was good. Week was all right. Uh, there was a little bit oh. of uh, sports drama in the area as the Niners uh, lost. Uh, one game away from being in the Super Bowl. But hey. <laughs> what are you going to do? Goats come, goats go. That's five for a six, 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 six sets saying you could use that first clip as a lantern. <laughs> I can see in the dark. Yeah. It's amazing. I can see. I can see. Hallelujah. Get that, Eddie Murphy, that Eddie Murphy clip from Trading Places. Oh my God, Jesus. <laughs> Well, as long as it wasn't in the uh, the batch room tonight, I think we'll be okay. Okay. Uh, I pulled this one for you. This is Ozzy, I think. <laughs> yeah. You just barely hear Ozzy in there. Uh, so bad. Uh, gross. I fucked up all of the ISOs for tonight. Um, so, to clarify to everybody, who Barry was making ISOs, processing the ISOs, and somehow, one way or another, the... Oh. Dead goat. Uh, the the voice? You were, you were able to take out the voice. The voices. Oh, yeah. The vocals. <laughs> totally, the totally intentionally, too. 
Yeah. Uh, Audition's got a batch process that you can run. So I'll get a stack of everything that's ready to go and just normalize it all to minus 0.1 dB. But somehow I must have bumped it over to the remove vocals and it stripped all of the uh, (laughs) dialogue out. (laughs) It's experimental. It's a happy accident. You did it on purpose. You're Mm. just trying out new stuff. Always breaking new ground. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one. Yeah, what are you going to do? How many ISOs were there, anyway? Uh, Like 50. 50? Yeah. 50 ISOs? Yeah. Which is, you know, that's like typical. That's a normal amount. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. That's a lot to fuck up. Bulk processing, (laughs) I guess, is a a double-edged sword, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, you just got to do what you got to do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, other than that, how's uh, how's your week? How you doing? Anything uh, anything new to update? Not nothing new. I don't think over here. Just uh, lots of stuff going on. Lots of stuff in the news and lots of uh, action. I, I brought a, a Bay Area local story tonight, uh, which is a national story. Everybody knows about it. It's the We'll get to it later, but it's just a lot of activity, and uh, you know things. It's been it's been a fast winter. I don't know if it has been for you. Mm, I would agree. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. How's uh, how's your week been? Oh, you know. Oh, hi. Thanks for checking in. I'm still a piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, getting uh, geared up to start attacking spring, as it goes. Yeah, attacking spring. It's only, February is only about to begin. Give that little sweetheart a little bit of love. There we go. That's right, Bully Steed, that's right. She comes in with 2874, she says, Booberry is a magic man. Oh, well, thank oh, you. yeah, yes. Thank you, Bully Steed. I know Bully Steed <laughs> was asking for some uh, Kazoo Abba action and totally dropped the ball on getting something prepared but for the night is young the night is i mean yeah we, yeah it's in the pipe it is in my pipe <laughs> it's in all of our pipes oh goodness well we got uh we do have a special interview tonight we're gonna call up jacob kane who was the leading star and uh producer for condor's nest um so I, I figured uh, we'll crack into this um, tarot card real quick, and then uh, mm-hmm. we'll give them a shout. It should line up pretty nice. And then we, we might do the uh, screen mails and whatnot after the fact. Very well. The Dragon Zord has been called. <laughs> Smoke this PCP. I know you like yeah. to get wet. Um. <laughs> get wet, dog? Wet, dog? What's wet, dog? Uh, uh, what's Wait, what's <laughs> wet, dog? Oh, soon to be you. Knock, knock. Who's there? <laughs> Fell for the oldest trick in the book, that stupid son of a bitch. Yeah, works every time. Works every time. Railed. Railed. Uh, also, fun fact, I don't know if you were aware of this, but do you know what Macho Man Randy Savage's uh, Zodiac sign is? 
Could be it could be all of them. Could be all of them at the same time. Oh, good guess, but not quite. I am a Scorpio for all the chicks out there that want to know. <laughs> yeah. Scorpio. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's some Scorpio energy, as they say. No doubt. Um we don't I don't you, think you ever been with a Scorpio? Uh I have not. I have not. Oh. Good for you. Watch me Matrix dodge. <laughs> Pros and cons. Double-edged sword, again. Uh, but for tonight's, uh, it wasn't as many swords as it was wands. And how many wands specifically? Well, it was one wand, the Ace of Wands. And I pulled out a special deck for tonight. Uh, if you're taking a look at the show notes for tonight, which you can find over at zososcorner.substack.com. That's not the kind of freedom I thought. You can check out the image of the Ace of Wands from the Vampirella deck that I, uh, that I have. Vampirella deck. Oh, yeah. And in this particular image, uh, Vampirella is changing from a, um. from a busty vampire bat into a busty vampire mistress of the night. Yeah. Yeah, she's. Uh, she, it looks like uh, what was that? That book where they would change into animals. Animorphs. animorphs. It looks like an animorphs cover. Exactly. Yeah, Ace of Wands. Nice. Uh, some keywords for the Ace of Wands: inspiration, creative spark, new initiative, new passion, enthusiasm, energy. Now, I like this card a lot, especially the Rider Waite art, because it's a cloud with a giant hand extending out of it, and it's it's offering up a, a wand that. Source mm-hmm. of creation, inspiration. Yeah, it's uh, it's almost like presenting something out of nothing. Yeah, which is, is kind of the wands thing. You said in the past on this show, it's kind of about harnessing will and intention and uh, creating something with with your uh, efforts as opposed to with resources, wealth, or aggression. It's more of a creative energy. It's more of like something... Uh, I don't know. How would you... Uh, inspiration, I guess. It's the word to use. Yeah, creative spark. Creative yeah. force. The uh, the lube of life. <laughs> yeah, whatever rustles your jimmies. Uh, wands are associated with fire energy, and the wand, Ace of Wands is the core representation of fire within the deck. The card shows a hand that is sticking out of a cloud while holding the wand. When we look at this card... We can see that the hand is reaching out to offer the wand, which is still growing. Some of the mm. leaves from the wand have sprouted, which uh, is meant to represent spiritual and material balance and progress. In the distance is a castle that symbolizes opportunities available in the future. Oh, but Mario, your princess, she's in another castle. Oh, Mario, looks like you have more opportunities. Oh, no. Sorry, Mario. Uh, the princess is in another castle. We gotta go get her. We're gonna go mm. out there and rescue that princess. How many damn castles has this guy got, man? <laughs> not enough. <laughs> what is this guy, King Louis? Give me a break. Yeah, not enough. That's right. I mean, we'll rip through them all like shit through goose, no doubt. But More like King Larry, get it? <laughs> From Black Rock? Because he's got yeah. all the castles in the Mushroom Kingdom? Exactly. I wouldn't be surprised if he owned a few castles. Honest to God, stone castles, moats, mm-hmm. a couple uh, of horses. 
uh, more than a couple. A couple stables. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And when you draw the Ace of Wands, it is an indicator that you should just go for it. Take the chance and pursue an idea that you have in mind. Take the first steps to start the creative project. The Ace of Wands calls out to you to follow your instincts. If you think that the project that you've been dreaming of is a good idea, and then just go ahead and do it. Just do it. Just do it. What was it, Hunter uh, Jackson? Uh, his motto? Don't talk about it, do it. Uh, stand up for the cool shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, the sick yeah. shit. The sick shit. Uh-oh. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Mary Kate. I didn't know she threw down like that. Oh. Damn, Mary Kate Ultra's trying to party tonight. <laughs> she came with 35K. Threw a thousand Satoshis. Saying bump for Lavashik and Boo. You eventually developed a coke habit. You know, some people do cocaine and some people don't do cocaine. I do cocaine! Sells <laughs> out one. Yeah. <laughs> thanks nice. for the bump, Mary Kate. Thanks for the thanks for the wreck. Oh yeah, I forgot it was uh, Alice in Wonderland too. That's funny. <laughs> uh, chowing down on a giant cup of full full of powder. Mmm. It's more than a teacup's worth, I can tell you that much. We've been so betrayed. <laughs> we have been so terribly betrayed. Oh, we've been so terribly betrayed. Terribly betrayed. And uh, that's a bully steed coming in with 1170 saying, show us how it's done, Mary Kay. Have you found? Well, I also, think- she said wild sex with Scorpios, 1098. The uh, I think we'll get into these boostograms and uh, explain a little more how they work when we get done with this phone call. But uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and ring up uh, E.L. Jake here, if Let's you're ready. It. Let's see if I can do this right on the first try. Awesome. Getting excited. Howdy, beautiful. Oh my goodness, is this the legendary actor by the name of Jacob Kahane that we are speaking to currently? This is the one and only. Oh my goodness, I am such a big fan of your work. I, it is, it brings me great thrill and and joy to have you on tonight's episode of Behind the Schemes. Uh, I'd like to welcome Jacob Kahane, everybody. Oh yeah. Welcome to the show. You're a that's a lavish there, my co-host that you're uh, talking with. Uh, of course, I'm Booberry Mothman of the Miniocalypse. Uh, I might have changed <laughs> a little since we last talked. <laughs> More well, even. lavish, lavish and Booberry. Uh, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. yeah we just. Uh, so recently it came out that uh, you were involved with a project called Condor's Nest, which is about the all-American hobby of tracking down Nazis in South America. It's a it's a movie you just starred and produced in, and um, I just how does it uh, how does it feel to have an international uh, release, theatrical release? Um, it uh, I guess it feels amazing. It's kind of weird and crazy. Um. 
you know, I, uh, from my very, very humble beginnings, you know, as a, as a uh, not so successful stage actor to, uh, getting to, you know, dance around with some legendary actors and, uh, actually getting a release and some theatrical release and some good critical reviews for little old me. It's, uh, it feels really nice. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's flattering and humbling at the same time. Nice. Very cool. Sure. Have you been, uh, doing any of the, um, the, the film festival circuits? Doing any traveling like that? Um, we did, uh, we premiered it at the, uh, Newport beach international film festival. And, uh, but, uh, while we were there premiering the movie, uh, that's when we got contacted by Paramount and found out we were getting a limited theatrical release, which, uh, being a, um, we had, you know, a good list of, uh, some pretty big names in the movie, but still it was a, uh, relatively, you know, low budget indie. So, and we shot it during, uh, during the COVID lockdown. So our expectations of, uh you know, how many platforms it would be on or whatever. They were pretty low. So um, we absolutely did not expect to get a theatrical release. So uh, it was kind of a whirlwind. So, yeah, we just did that. Um, we did that one uh, film festival. And then then uh, as of the 27th, it premiered in L.A. And it uh, we were actually went, we were able to make it to the L.A. premiere and uh, also the uh, premiere in Atlanta, Georgia. Sweet. And, uh Got to spend some time uh, chatting and doing a Q&A with uh, the legendary James Urbaniak. A lot of people would know him as Dr. Venture from the Venture Brothers. Um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, got to hang out with the uh, the incredibly handsome uh, Jackson Rathbone from the Twilight series and Avatar, the, um, the one that didn't make as much money. But, uh, yeah, it was just, uh, it's good times. It's, uh, it's fucking weird. Rubbing shoulders with famous people, but uh, you know they're people like anybody else. And luckily, the folks we got—they were—they uh, were all really great, awesome, down-to-earth, incredibly talented folks. So uh, we didn't have any divas on set, which was nice. Mm. Always a plus. Yeah, yeah, especially filming in the jungle. Uh, it was where was it that you you because you filmed. Uh, was it South America or? Yeah, we actually, um, we, uh, our shots that, uh, took place in Argentina, that was actually a B roll footage. Um, that was all shot in Peru. Uh, because of the COVID lockdown, we had limited access to, uh, South American countries. So we used, uh, Peru. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> we just, uh, that goat, that goat had to be immediately eliminated. Um, <laughs> hey, I, I understand. You know, I sometimes you just gotta you gotta you gotta get rid of the goat. That's, uh, See, we got a lot yeah. of. This is why I love this guy. <laughs> I love you too, Blueberry. <laughs> he gets it. But, <laughs> but yeah, man, we got to uh, we got to go down. To, uh, got some B-roll footage in Peru, and then but a bunch of our interior shots. Um, we used actually North Carolina to double as Nazi-occupied France, um, and. A lot, most of our interiors were actually uh, in North Carolina. So, a lot of playing around. In the movie, a guy will, you know, you'll see someone walk into a bar in what is obviously South America and come through the other side and what is not obviously North Carolina. So, 
we're a bunch of liars and cheats and flim flammers. You know, it's all <laughs> movies are bullshit. It's all an illusion. Man. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was that's, say, the, that's the craft. It's yeah, always but, been that way. Come on, man. That's Hollywood magic one hundred and one. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, the amount yeah, of crazy nice. jungle scenes shot on that Warner Brothers lot, you know, out in some yeah. by some parking lot. It's just how it is. Yeah, it's uh. Now we just had a uh, we had some very, some very lovable, down to earth, you know, you know, folks, uh, just local folks, supplying us with uh, you know classic cars and this and that, so that we could, uh, you know, turn some turn some North Carolina streets into uh, Argentina and uh things of that nature. So yeah, it was a it was a it was a lot of work. It was many years in the making. But uh I got to I got to have a showdown with uh Arnold Vosloo the mummy himself playing a uh, Nazi yeah. colonel. And uh I got to spend a day hanging out with the legendary Michael Ironside of Top Gun and Starship Troopers fame. And it was uh, just a fucking dream come true. You know, these, these guys, they're, they're awesome, but you know, I, I grew up watching them. So to me, they're, they're some big swinging dicks. (laughs) Oh, no doubt. Those two guys are legends and Ironside, especially has got a a huge career. Total recall for me is a, that's an all time. That's where I, that's where I was just looking up as a total recall. (laughs) Oh yeah. Dude. I was I was so afraid he was actually going to be like this, you know, truly like hard ass guy in real life, but uh, he couldn't have been sweeter. <laughs> That's, uh, <laughs> That's great, and he, he definitely. Uh, uh, folks should watch the movie. His his performance is, uh, ooh, he brought a lot to the character. You know, definitely, definitely took the words off the page and and added a lot of his own stuff in in the best possible way. They all did, oh, you know. A lot of Jackson, experience Jackson there. Out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even the younger guys, the, uh, you know, Jackson Rathbone, you know, he was all, he was all handsome and whatever being a cute vampire in twilight, but he played a, uh, meth sniffing, gun toting, leather jacket wearing Nazi in this movie. And, uh, he was just, he was fucking terrifying, but also a sweet guy, you know, uh, between action and cut most normal guy in the world. And then, uh, when the camera's rolling, he was a fucking psychopath. So. <laughs> it's like a switch. I'm going to flip it. Yep. That's a fun role you can really get into. Yeah, yeah. So. And I also saw Jorge Garcia, uh, Hurley from Lost. Yes. Yes, dude. He was he was great, man. He uh, I got to uh he was he plays a um a Nazi sympathizing uh bar and nightclub owner. In uh, in the mid 1950s, who uh, um, I play a uh, I play Will Spalding, a uh, alcoholic PTSD stricken guy out on a mission for revenge, hunting down escaped Nazis, and uh, I find out in the movie that uh, Jorge uh, is a Nazi sympathizer. So uh, we have a we have a cool little exchange in uh, in his bar in the movie, and uh, you know we. Our whole concept for the movie, man, is like we just wanted to make uh, we wanted to make the movie that we grew up on, you know, an '80s '90s style popcorn flick, you know, sure. and uh, we wanted the movie to be kind of an escape from all the craziness going on, and uh, so the uh, brilliantly brilliant, talented director and writer uh, Phil Blattenberger, uh, he came to me with the script, 
and this character, and he brought me in as a producer and put a lot of faith in me to be lead in this movie. And, uh, yeah, we just, we agreed from day one that, uh, you know, one thing we can all agree on is that, uh, it's fun to see Nazis getting shot in the face. So let's make that movie. <laughs> agreed. Yeah. It's a, it's a it's a fun little romp, you know. We've got we've got car chases, we've got explosions, we've got we've got a downed B seventeen, the iconic plane from World War Two, mm. uh, you know. And we got just a, it's just a it's a good wild ride. Did you did someone like donate a lot of stuff, or how did you get access to some of that older uh, those props? Well, we, had, we had we had an amazing art department. Um, so this uh, B-17 that was built um, in a field um, in North Carolina, doubling as France, there were some parts of the uh, of the plane which we just uh, could not replicate. You know, we're not engineers. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, some museums from around America um, actually donated us uh, parts to uh, complete. Uh, we had some real actual B- uh, propellers on that thing uh, from a real down B-17. A real nose canopy, um, and the rest was uh, sheet metal and plywood and four by four posts. <laughs> but uh, you know, movie, a little bit of movie magic uh, made it past muster. And then, uh, yeah, we just uh, we had a we had an amazing crew, an amazing director of photography, Daniel Troyer, who was uh, definitely gonna guy's just a a genius and a and a wizard with a camera. So uh, we were just able to, uh, on a on a limited budget, you know, in some uh, pretty, you know, pretty harsh weather, and uh, a lot of uh, COVID restrictions, we were able to get this movie done. So we're all happy and extremely exhausted. I'll bet dealing with all the COVID stuff. Did you guys start filming, or production probably started well before COVID? Right, how many well, How many years uh, we, have you guys been working on this? Uh, pre-production began in, um, well, the, the uh, Phil Blattenberger, the writer-director, he, uh, I had done a movie previously with him with, uh, that essentially had almost no budget, but we were able to film, uh, this Vietnam film, uh, Point Man. Um, an amazing script, uh, we were able to film in Vietnam and Cambodia. Oh, beautiful. Um, and he, he had the idea for this, uh, I played the uh, main villain in that. Um, but he had the kind of the first inkling of the concept for this movie, uh, towards the end of production on point man. And then uh, a few months later, he came to me with a script. We started a uh, pre-production in uh, 2019. Then we got delayed for a year because of COVID. And then we actually shot in uh, 2021 while there was still, um, you know, a lot of lockdown procedures going on. Hmm. So I'm, the, um, I am glad that you, y'all were able to, to, be, uh, wrap your heads around it. I, I know, just kind of keeping my finger on the pulse. Uh, it was a lot of uh, a lot of hoops, no doubt. What was the? Oh, yeah. uh, how was it producing a movie for the? Was, this is the first movie that you produced. Yeah, yeah, and I absolutely, I never had any any intention of doing that. But uh, in my theater days, I doubled. Um, I also would double as an actor and also a, a set designer. And uh, I have a lot of uh, experience with uh, construction and design. And so my job as a producer, um, 
they kind of just uh, brought me into play to my strengths. I have uh, a <clears throat> we helped with uh, some script touch-ups. I have a background in uh, script analysis and uh, set design. So um, I got to work uh, got to work a lot with the art department um, after. Uh, you know, Phil wrote the script. I do not write myself as the lead character in a movie. I did not write the script. <laughs> um, I would never do that. Um, don't love myself that much. But uh, <laughs> but we do, like, uh, Phil, Phil, brilliant writer, will complete the script, and then uh, he'll come to me and uh, his partner, uh, Dan Black, and we kind of, uh, you know, touch up scenes and change a beat here and there, a line here and there, you know, just kind of get everything exactly where we want it. And then, of course, on the day you film, you wind up changing all that shit and improving anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, whatever happens that day happens. Yeah, you know it's good stuff. A lot of uh, it, it's just a, it's a, it's well researched, controlled chaos. You know, that's uh, the fun of filmmaking. Uh, My favorite part about the filmmaking is just the takes. Uh, even the small, you know, the B film or whatever, you got to do things over and over again. And how much yeah. you can discover from one take to the eighth take, you know, the kind of evolution that happens where everybody's trying to get it in and crunch it and make it happen, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's amazing when you get to do that. And especially when you, when you vibe with the other actors, you know, the, the difference in the performance from the first take to the fourth take can, you know, be massive just because of, you know, you might play a moment slightly differently and then the other actor plays off of you slightly differently. And then, you know, as long as you're locked in, focused and in character, you just find yourself doing stuff that you could not possibly have premeditated. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I feel like it becomes very real in that moment, you know, kind of got to, uh, I'm not a method actor by any means, but in order to give a truthful performance, you kind of got to let however you're feeling, you know, into the scene because the audience mm-hmm. is going to see it anyway. So. Yeah, you're giving it a pulse, you know, of some kind. Absolutely. Big, big shout yeah. out to Danny D. <laughs> yeah, we played off the, um, we've got a little bit of a uh, fun little conspiracy theory going on in it. The, uh, there's kind of a point where the movie is historically accurate up until a point where it just intentionally just jumps the shark. What we have is that... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it is known in history that about something around 10,000 Nazis uh, after World War II fled um. to uh, South America to live out their lives and stay in anonymity. And uh, what we do in this movie is that uh, they didn't go there uh, without purpose, that there is a new, that the Third Reich is still going, and uh, there are some plot twists and uh yeah, it turns out those ten thousand Nazis aren't uh, aren't independent. They're actually uh, working together and uh, trying to get their hands on some very very bad, dangerous weapons. So we've got a uh, in the movie we have a uh, Nazi atomic physicist. We've got a uh, female Mossad agent uh, that was former uh, German resistance. Who's the three of us? There are three characters kind of have a tenuous uh, team up, you know, to go take out the bad guys while also not trusting each other. And then it turns out that uh, I don't want to give too much away, but it turns out that we're up against a lot more than we thought we were when we uh, first embarked on a uh, what could be called a suicide mission. So, 
I am and I play so uh, excited play to see this. An- kind of, <laughs> yeah. And it's fun. My, we, uh, we, we kind of drew a lot from, you know, Steven Spielberg, Quentin Tarantino type films, but this Will Spaulding character that I play, it's, uh, while we take a lot of tone and style from, you know, in a little bit of stuff, you know, from Indiana Jones, Inglorious Bastards, my character is the opposite of a cool Tarantino character, or he's the opposite of an Indiana Jones or a uh, James Bond. He's got no gadgets. He's got he's got one small pistol he carries around, a cool jacket, and a flask, and uh, he's just got to think <laughs> on his feet because uh, he's in way over his head, and this guy never should have gone to war in the first fucking place. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he's got a flask. Yeah, that that did help, you know. <laughs> that's that's a big part. Got to stay hydrated. Yeah. Especially yeah, when you're hunting either. Nazis. Yeah, especially when, you know, sometimes when you're about to meet an actor you've admired your whole life, you need to take a <laughs> shot just to calm the fuck down. <laughs> no doubt. And you're about to direct yeah. him. <laughs> or, uh, yeah. or whatever, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the... Um, yeah, and now we're uh, we're already uh, we're already deep in uh, pre-production on our uh, on our next feature. Nice. What's be, coming up next? Have an even bigger budget, and uh, uh, I can't really say too much about it. Um, but it's going to be a blast. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some uh, there's going to be some real recognizable names in this one, and uh, yeah, we're just going to keep trucking with this uh, crazy enterprise we got going. If, Beautiful. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you can't talk about it, it must be nice. It must be a good deal. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's pretty crazy. Um, but it's it's an absolute amazing. It's an amazing script. Um, Phil really. Uh, he's always been a. I, I've loved his writing since I read it, uh, his first Point Man script. It's one of the best scripts I've ever read. Um, and I love Condor's Nest and this next one. I mean, his he just ups. He he never. He never takes a breath, man. He just ups his game with every move, you know? So this next script is like like nothing else he's ever written, and uh, we're very excited. Excellent. you got to have a good writer. You know, all these hundreds yeah. of people, 50 people, 100 people more, they all make this film, but there's not good writing. Just, it, you, uh, it starts, man. you you got to have a good script. If you don't have a good script, it doesn't matter how many talented people you've got working on it, you know? Yeah. yeah it just... It doesn't matter how much lipstick you put on a turd. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, looking up uh, ye old Joseph Mengele, and I, I'd forgotten this. I knew that he had escaped to Argentina, but do you know yeah. what year it was that this motherfucker died? Ooh, I should know this, but I don't. 19 motherfucking 79. Oh, really? That's how long into the eighties. Nice. That guy, the angel of death, that crazy bastard was running around for 30 years in South America. (laughs) Dude. So, I mean, so this guy did all those horrible things and still got to listen to punk rock. Yeah. Yeah, He probably, he probably, uh, he was probably jamming to the clash. Absolutely. You know, this is an unjust world, my friend. Uh, how did we end up with this deck? Explain this to me. You know, <laughs> South America you know, is a wonderful I, and mysterious place. Is the thing you know? Uh, it absolutely is. You guys yeah. obviously took a lot of inspiration from the the fact that a lot of Nazis obviously did flee 
to South America, yeah. and that there's the theory that Hitler himself actually made it. There are theories on that, yeah, and we um, we do have a. I don't want to give away a spoiler, but uh, oh yeah, we we do we do have this plot twist where uh, it does ter- does turn out it's not Hitler, but uh, turns out that there's a uh, there's a new guy in charge. But it's kind <laughs> of a it's kind of a meet the old boss, meet the new boss, same as the old boss kind of situation. So. Of course. Meet the new Hitler, same as the old Hitler. <laughs> exactly, you know. As anyone anyone can grow that stupid mustache, step into those tiny shoes. <laughs> yeah, and just rip meth like a madman. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, there is there is meth in the movie, which coincidentally was actually invented. Uh or what was the word for that? It was actually created in uh by German scientists and was actually given to uh, to uh, German troops during the war because uh, mm-hmm. they thought the it kind of gave them super. Yeah, I thought it gave them superpowers until uh, they realized after about three days the guys lose their fucking mind. So we've got a uh, we've got <laughs> South American we've got South American Nazi snorting meth in this movie, which just makes them even more terrifying. That's the best. Hmm. Sold. But, yeah, I'm, re- I'm very much yeah. looking forward to watching this film. <laughs> yeah, man. It's a fun romp. It's, uh, you know, lots of explosions, lots of intense performances, and, uh, lots of pathos, lots of good guys and bad guys getting shot. So, mm. yeah. Now there was one thing I was uh I wanted to quick pick your brains on if you got a couple more minutes here. Have you do. considered revisiting Jesus Crow as a radio drama? A radio drama. Mm. I had not thought of that, but um holy shit, I love that idea. Yeah, Cuz we've uh yeah. we've we've put our heads together for a handful of things. Uh, some are very much still in the works. Other others just kind of need to get retooled. Um, but yeah. lavish and I have been discussing at length, uh, getting into doing performative shows, I mean, like scripted shows yeah. almost. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know that I've always very much loved that script. Uh, yeah. And you you were you were kind enough to to help me direct it. But, uh, I believe we worked as co-directors on that, didn't we? I think yes. Yeah. When uh, was this? Good old college days. I guess that would have been 2012. Days. Yeah. Yeah. The college days are a bit hazy. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I These do days are vividly remember. Work- yeah, I do vividly remember working with your beautiful <laughs> talent, Dad. <laughs> yeah, Abuberry's always trying to to get into the radio stuff. Uh, we were always trying to kind of adapt old mm-hmm. stuff, but the old stuff is kind of weird and dated, and so it's, I don't know. I think it was a readaptive yeah. readaption process. Yeah, yeah, and I guess just to uh, give the listeners a little bit of an idea. Uh, Booberry, uh, Jesus Crow was a kind of balls to the wall Southern Gothic action metaphysical drama 
I don't know, what would you call it? It's just horrible people doing horrible things. Yeah, and, you uh, know, the deep, dirty, dark South. Uh, yeah. Lots of fucked yeah, up people doing the, fucked up things. Yep. And, uh, you know, I think a, a good way to, that would work as a radio show, because uh, I remember when uh, when we directed that show, I kind of had to tone down the script because it did not feel right making the actors do the things that were in the original script. So maybe a uh, radio show would keep anyone from actually having to do those things. I believe, uh, if I remember correctly, we had a lot of uh, there was a lot of drug use and violence and thieving and bad sex. But there's and, there's know, a crucifixion at one point. There is a crucifixion. Yeah, I didn't know if you wanted to mention that, but yeah, a uh, we do uh, crucify a 17 year old sociopath <laughs> in the uh, in the play, but. <laughs> And no I, worries, he survives. And I built the cross. <laughs> he did. <laughs> oh God, college! I can't believe we graduated. <laughs> yeah, it's um, God. it's a, it's a, it's kind of got. It's the story of an old man who calls his son of a stranger to him one day to go after. Uh, the uh, uh, a runaway his his younger runaway brother who now works as a preacher, a con uh, preacher, uh, and travels with two underage girls that he then turns on local church uh, parishes and gets them to sleep with the priest to then blackmail and extort money out of them. So it's all yeah. about this uh, this stranger going to retrieve his brother and. Um, yeah. the, <laughs> the stranger who is who is racked with guilt because he actually brought his brother into the world when his alcoholic father forced him to perform a cesarean section on the dead mother to save the baby. So, man, that was some dark stuff. Where yeah. was my head at back then? <laughs> hey, it's good entertainment, probably. Yeah. yeah there's I was a- reading a lot of Cormac McCarthy around that time. That's when you get it all into the, all the dark and heavy stuff, you know, in college. That's when you can do yeah. it. Yeah. You know, that that's when we're all so dark and tortured with our <laughs> with our privileged lives. Oh look how look how edged I am, bro. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, look at my steel toed boots and my skinny jeans I wear to class. <laughs> steel toed boots. Give me a break. Those things are two hundred bucks. You're not suffering. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Suffering comes post college. <laughs> That's where the fun begins. Oh yeah. That's where the fun begins and the ramen noodles flow like water. Hey, can I uh, oh, yeah. can I borrow like a couple of frozen uh tater tots? I'm really hungry, guys. Uh, yeah, <laughs> borrow. Dude, uh when you get when you get paid, can I borrow twenty bucks for like <laughs> I'll get you back in like six months, man, I promise. <laughs> Payment plan. One dollar for twenty weeks. <laughs> yeah. God. Somehow we made it and stayed drunk the whole time. Oh, uh, that is true. We had there was an issue of um uh, Ross who was another uh, actor technician that was uh that we lived together with. Monty was in on that situation as well. Mm-hmm. He would make foam weapons. Um uh, but then there was there would just be so many people over at any given time. Uh, mm-hmm. Some would take the weapons and just start recklessly swinging them, um, and 
of course, there's PBR cans everywhere, so beer and cigarette ashes go flying everywhere with these swords. Yeah. It's very classy. We were, we were, uh, we were responsible people back then. <laughs> hey, no yeah, one died. You all graduated. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah look where we are now. <laughs> yeah, we're doing great. We, we're running this town. <laughs> You went toe to toe with the mummy, and were what? What? Uh, what was our ranking in the United uh, Arab Emirates? Oh yeah, we're the hundred and eighth most listened to podcast in the United Arab Emirates. Dude, man, you guys, you guys are big league. It's I know. We get, soon we'll get some of that oil money, then we'll be rolling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll be rolling, man. Get a, driving Lamborghinis in no time. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm an Aston Martin guy myself, but I see see your point. Yeah. I mean, we're basically the 1% at this point, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know about you guys, and I don't like to brag, but I went to the Sonic Drive-In today, and I could afford two cheeseburgers. So I'm just saying, like, my ship has come in. (laughs) Hell yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'm getting the guacamole at Chipotle these days. It's living large. Let me, uh, I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit you all with some uh, money karma. Here comes the money. Here comes the money. Here comes the money. Man, I got to say, guys, I've, I've been giving your uh, podcast to listen, Booberry, since we talked a while back. And um, I got to say, in the best possible way, you guys are out of your fucking minds. Yes. 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 I love it. That's what we <laughs> aim for. Uh, I love it. <laughs> we, yeah. we gotta, How long have you guys been doing this podcast? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see. Uh, it started. Monty and I did the first one, uh, June of 2020. Um, but I ended up traveling a, a lot that summer on account of the the work that I was able to pick up. So yeah. it was it was pretty intermittent, and it probably wasn't until later into the fall, going into winter, that we started doing it consistently uh, weekly. And tonight's actually uh, marks the 100 episodes ago first appearance of Lavish. That's right. I came on episode 137, or I came on episode 37, and this is episode 137. So it's my 100th week of doing this. Yeah. Well, happy anniversary to you, Lavish. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, It's it's a pleasure to have you here on the 100th episode. Yeah, I I am honored to be here. Yeah, we have a lot of fun. We you know it's, we do this every Monday night. We do it live. We go to chat room, so it's just a uh, it's just a party. It's just a good time. Yeah, but we're also yeah. informing people of topics that we think they should be informed of. Yeah, it's not even oh. it's not even a conspiracy theory show. I, on a baseline, I I I do take issue with that term because the more appropriate way, uh, way to approach it is uh, calling them conspiracy hypotheses. Um. Yeah. But so much of the show is just clip based, and you know, it's just we're reading through articles yeah. and and uh, checking out reciting sources, and yeah, it's you know. it's a very directed effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love what you guys are doing. You know, I gotta say, uh, you know, Blueberry, you know, you know, ten years ago, I feel like uh, we kind of gravitated towards each other because uh, I think we uh, both had a healthy respect and love for each other's uh, weird imaginations. And I guess we know as you get older, 
um, it's really easy to lose that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. after listening to some of your podcasts, um, I feel like you guys are more, you're more keeping the imagination alive. You know, uh, people get older, they kind of close themselves off and they, they don't entertain crazy ideas. They stop believing in wild things. And I think it's important to keep that, you know, keep that, that childlike wonder. And as you get older, it turns into more of a cosmic horror, Lovecraftian style, but you got to <laughs> ride that wave. You got to, you got to, you got to stay with it, man. <laughs> you know, it's the, it's the, uh, the internal mouthless scream, my guy. That's Ex- exactly. That's, it's wonderfully put. It's a wonderment and it's a and it's a, a terror. It's fantastic. Yes. There's a yeah. uh, there's a fantastic uh Alan Moore quote that the uh the world is rudderless and I just that resonates so incredibly well that it's like it's just a mm-hmm. big old ball of chaos that some people some people are able to pull a little bit of their own order out of. But for the most part, yeah. it's just <laughs> everybody's just shooting from the hip <laughs> into the darkness. Fucking <laughs> I mean, it, it's utter chaos and it's terrifying. And you can either you can either retreat and you know hide and shut down your mind and your heart, or uh, you know maybe you can uh, be an actor, or start a podcast, and keep that stuff going. You know, entertain the ideas. You know, look look into the void and. Don't flinch when it looks back. Indeed, and uh, just uh, keep 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 learning about the world because the world is a big Always. big place. Yeah. yeah, don't get too jaded don't by get... stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why get jaded? Why be cynical? You know, it's all it's all absurd, and we're all. Uh, I'm pretty sure none of us are gonna are gonna make it for the long run. So let's uh let's have some, some good times, have you know, share share in some madness and uh I guess also, you know, try to be kind in our very limited time on this crazy fucking planet. Uh Yes. We won't make it as long as Henry Kissinger or those Nazis in South America, but we'll we'll have know. a good time. Yeah, you know, I think those Nazis, I think their thing was they just did like a low carb, high cardio thing. That that had to be it, you know. <laughs> yeah, lots of lots yeah. of running. Very regimented. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those <laughs> Germans. <laughs> oh boy. Habits, habits, habits. Mm. Well goodness. Uh is there um is there a specific uh site that you want to send people to direct them towards uh, to keep updated on this? Um what you got? Um well, uh, I'm kind of new to social media, but if I could do a shameless plug. Oh, yeah. Um, do it. Do it. If, if, you're, if you are a fan or a potential fan of uh, what I call my acting, you can follow me. On, oh, my God. I can't believe I'm saying this. You can follow me on Instagram at Jake <laughs> period the actor. And uh you know, I'm gonna just gonna keep keep making movies and uh keep putting crazy things out there and uh you know, I I hope nobody gets hurt except for me when I do my own stunts. So <laughs> But hopefully the insurance companies will pay you out. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see about that. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're looking very much forward to to all the projects that are coming down with, with you. We look forward to see this movie and and also maybe going back and seeing uh, seeing a Point Man. Checking that out. Yeah, too. yeah. So I got to tell you about Point Man. It was it was filmed. We had almost no budget, but it's one of the best scripts I've ever read. And there were some amazing performances by some up and coming actors, um, especially by uh, Chris Long, Marcus Bailey, and Chase Guts Chase Gutsmore. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so please, uh, if anybody does watch Point Man, know that the production value uh, is low. <laughs> but the uh, the script and the dedication of the uh of the core group is is very strong and it's kind of what got uh, Phil Blattenberger's foot in the door as a now a respected director who can pop up to Hollywood anytime and talk with the big wigs so you know it's a uh, we're all a bunch of nobodies and now we're somebodies I guess or something like that I love it man I'm I'm so happy for you. I, I think this is incredibly exciting. It's thrilling and chilling. Yes. Couldn't have done it without your help, man. Well I think um I think in that regards we'll uh we'll let you retire for the evening. Um we'll uh we'll be sure to double back and, and uh I, I do I do want to work on a on a project in the future. So keep that in your mind and um in that regard Absolutely. So, uh, love you and love everything you've done and we'll uh we'll chat with you next time love you too man blueberry and lavish thanks thank you so much for having me it's oh, it great honor. thanks nice meeting you jacob it was a pleasure yes all, all right you guys have a good one you too man take care Hello. Right. oh wow the world is rudderless oh wow was that alan moore himself saying that uh it was super sexy halloween time alan moore Ooh, alana moore oh <laughs> <Alana> <laughs> <laughs> uh, how exciting that was awesome yeah it was great yeah we've done uh i've seen that guy put on some really cool shows the pillow man which i know uh hella famous Carolyn Blaney is familiar with, uh, well, at least the. the I'm familiar with the Pillow Man. Oh yeah, Pillow Man. Uh, He was in that production. Uh, uh, Malachi was the lighting designer for that one. That's actually where uh, where I met Mike was on that show. Ah, on the Pillow Man. How how appropriate. And then um, they did a a really great show written by a local uh, North Carolina writer called uh, Gallery. And it was all about Batman's rogue, rogues gallery. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, uh, and they ended up getting on the front page of a arts magazine for this state. It was good stuff. Jake played uh, Two-Face and uh, our other roommate that we were talking about, the one that was making the foam swords, played the Riddler. Ah. Well, that'll always put butts in the seats. Oh yeah. Yep. That's good stuff. Um That's a good time. You you guys are reminding me of my uh my theater college days, which was also raucous and drunken and full of adventure. <laughs> non stop pounding adventure. 
oh, it's just so many shows. You're just doing so many different things. You're doing new plays, you're doing old plays, musicals. It's wild. Yeah, we uh we actually took that Jeez and Crow show and uh remounted it downtown at a little theater called the Brown Coat Pub and Theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing like a nice little pub uh black box uh action. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Nice. I saw some theater. I know this is you know, because you this is what you do for a living, but I, I went and actually saw a play like last month. For the first time in a very long time, I feel like, uh, in San Francisco. And oh, I, I told you about it. It was the one where everybody was wearing a mask but me. Mm, I don't know if you did tell me about this. I went with a friend. We went to a, a, a piano beer bar in like the dirtiest part of San Francisco, and uh, which is a, a theater that I've performed at before. A bunch of times, actually. And uh, we were there, and they've got, like, three little black box spaces. We went in there, and there's about a, I would say, an 80-seat house. We went in, and it's an it's kind of a writing comedy troupe. And at the start of the show, I don't know why I remember this more than anything. It was a good show, and we had a great time. But at the start of the show, there were only about 20% of the people that were wearing masks. And then some at some point, like, halfway through, they made an announcement or something. And halfway through the show, everybody had a mask on, but you couldn't get up. There was no intermission. So I was like wondering how everybody got it on. I didn't even have a mask. I didn't really, everybody had a mask like, in their pocket, ready to go, even though they weren't wearing them to begin with. Uh, and then there was one point where I was literally the only person in a room full of people that wasn't wearing one, but nobody gave me, nobody gave me a stink eye. That's nice. Which was cool. Yeah. People are kind of settling out a little bit, it sounds. Yeah, and if you can get away with that in San Francisco, gosh, you can do it anywhere, so that's nice. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, theater, so great. Yeah, and that was Jacob Gahane of the Hella Famous Condor's Nest. Jacob uh, Gahane. Yeah, yeah, check him out. He's on IMDb and on Instagram, too. Jake period, the actor. And looks like it came out uh, three days ago, January twenty seventh. So uh, it might be, it might be still time to check it out in theaters. Hmm, we'll find it. Holy uh, seat says, consider that now theater is on your TV and on the street. Ah, think about it. Ah, yes, the world is theater. You don't need theater on a stage anymore. Ah, I like it. Uh, let's, let's back up here. We had some boostograms from, uh, prior to the phone call that we should, uh, uh, take a look at. And I'm going to scroll us. all the way back to the end of last week. And I believe we have Cotton Gin coming in with 3333 and sats are micropayments of a uh, Bitcoin that you can send in real time through a nude podcasting app. So if you go to nudepodcastapps.com. Check out something like Fountain or Podverse or Curiocaster. Uh, there's a lot of different things that'll meet a lot of different needs. And uh, if you pick one of those up, you can stream Satoshi's or send us boostergrams. Uh, if you send a boostergram, you can attach a message with it and we'll go through them. And uh, Cotton Gin had a message and he said, Here's some lost sats. Oh, thank you, Cotton Gin. Oh, I'm glad we found those. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of you. 
we were chuckling at this one uh, during the post show because we hang out at the end of every episode every uh, Monday night when we do the show live, 7 30, 30, Eastern uh, specifically. We'll uh, we'll sit and we'll sit and uh, get uh, everything produced, uh, the artwork, the transcripts, all that sort of goodness. All of it, all of which is uh, available in a nude podcast app. We had ten thousand sats through Fountain from NetNet. He said, "Hard time sleeping, thinking about a nice vacation on Garbage Island, the sludge, the dead fish, the terrible smell, Big Ben, Parliament." <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness! Uh, shame. Thank you very much, Ned. Ned, and it's sad that there is just that island of garbage floating out there. One day you're fucking a pighead at college, and the next you're the prime minister of England. Oh my god! I'm so glad you played that. <laughs> Did you see my intermission? No. Make sure that you uh, you tune in for the intermission. Oh, I just, will. You just set it up, baby. Oh yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, the magic man. We had a 666 from All Terrain through Fountain, and they were saying the 40-some-odd percent of parents that let their kids run wild with online video content, these are the foundation of the Fourth Reich. The idiot box is one shape-shifting mofo. Indeed, and agreed. Yep. And, you know, to kind of echo back on Jacob's point about the 10,000 Nazis that escaped after World War II and fled to South America, I would, I would like to see a sequel where uh, Jake has to go after the the Nazis that the CIA recruits. I think that would be amazing. I was going to say, <laughs> how many ten, tens of thousands went to the United States or Russia? Or China. Wonder, or China. The ones that went to Argentina were the ones that had no uh, you know, serviceable skills. Yeah, you're not useful. Uh, so we're going to hunt you. You're useful. You're hired. Let's see here. And then we had, uh, from a new name, Nick underscore dose through Fountain 169 sat saying cheers. Well, cheers to you, Nick dose. Nick dose. Yeah. Nick Doss. Nick Doss. D O S E. D O S E. Oh, it's dose. Okay. Uh, and then 6969 from Sir Spencer. He's boosting through uh, Curiocaster, and he said, Spencer. These have been building up uh, some time, so, uh, excuse me, these have been building up so time for another ISO fest for you, and he's got a smorgasbord of uh, ISOs. I could be your 33rd. Oh my Ooh. goodness. Oh my. The finest of apps. <laughs> percolating, percolating. Hee <laughs> hee. Uh... <laughs> That's a good one. I know. Cross my boost and hope to die. Oh, yeah. And uh, we'll do this one. Continue on. Because we're fucking morons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, you know what? I take that back. One more. You've got the balls. I've got the vag. But I also have the balls. And you have the vag, too. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the balls. <laughs> like you could make that into a song. I hope One so. One of the end of show guys, you know. Whip that up into a hip hop. Well, thank, thank you very you. much that's for the Spencer. bowlers. Yeah, that's the Sir Spencer and DeLorean from Bowl After Bowl, which is live every Tuesday night. Nine o'clock central over at bowlafterbowl.com. 
That's right. Right after DH Unplugged and uh, Millennial Media Offensive. Or if you go to their feed in Podverse, and then uh, <laughs> they got a bell that you can ring, and then every time that they go live with their show, you get a little uh, notification that pops up and says, hey, the bowlers are lit. That's right. Oh, yeah. ringy dingy doo. Oh, ringy dingy dingy doo. Uh, we got 120 stats from Cotton Gin. That's a gal plus plus boost. And uh, Cotton Gin said Servo plus plus. Servo, Cotton Gin. Gow. Giving karma back and forth. You love it. Use guys. Uh, we had 3466 from Dag through Fountain. Dag, Dag was dropping some ISOs to us. Uh, was it last week? Yeah, was last week because uh, the bleed out. You have all those glasses. Oh, the goat glass and the pitcher. Mmm, big pitcher of blood. Yeah. Thank you, by the way. I was parched. I know. It's uh, uh, let me let me, let me mm. punch you. Mm. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm. Can't believe I didn't think of that last week. Oh, what positive. the fuck? Oh, thank you again for those, Dag. We appreciate it. Uh, we had 10,000 sats from Oma through Fountain. He said, one hundo lavishes, or is it luvashes? Lavishes. Sir Oma, thank you. Reminder that Sir Oma was the first person ever to call me lavash. And it's I remember true. that. Like it was yesterday. It was a long time ago. But it doesn't feel like a long time ago. I don't know. <laughs> no, it feels like only yesterday. Only it was a yesterday. long time ago. <laughs> yesterday I'm was a just long contrasting. Week. Yesterday was a long week. Yes. Yeah, some weeks feel like years, and some years feel like weeks. Oh, you like See this? Ya. Bye. Bye, goat. That was Pitar saying, oh my, 6666 via Kirio I think he got a little bit of blood down the the handheld receiver for the phone. A little bit? Uh, it looks kind of gunked up. I might need a to blow that blood brain out. and skull in there. Mm. Delicious. Mm. Good stuff. We had 1650 from Ballisti through Fountain saying, bring on Abakazoo. Uh, which Putting I will, on to the Abakazoo. I will address for next week. I will have Abakazoo's ready. Uh, <laughs> and then 2874 from Bully Seed again through Fountain saying, Abakazoo, love, please. I don't, no, thank you. I don't know which one I'll find, but I'll, I'll find a good one. And then uh, she wrapped it up with 2874 saying, Kazoo is subversive. Mm, subvert, subvert. Yeah, it's true. Uh, we got uh, 10,037 sats from N.A. Millennial, uh, a.k.a. Nam, uh, saying cheers to 100 episodes, boys. And he's got a link. We're going to cold play the link. Don't buy into government schemes. Buy savings bonds, man. Those are cool. <laughs> savings bonds. Oh, good nice. old good old JCD. <laughs> yeah. Bonds aren't a government scheme. Neither is the post office. Have you seen these videos? Uh, JCD is the tech hippie? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I have. Oh, they're pretty funny. They're pretty funny. Is it a bit that he does? Is he doing oh, a bit? He is in. He's in full character. 
He's well, got a costume. He's got the voice. Oh yeah, it's a real deal. What era is this? What decade? What decade? Mm, probably I'll find this 2010, I'm guessing. Oh, it wasn't that long ago. All right. I I must I will find this. I I put it in my notes. Yeah, I I want to say yeah, I actually opened the show with one of those. I'll have to go back and look. Um, there you go. There's one for later you can check out. Um, so what was next? Uh, we got 1650 from Bully Steeds uh, <laughs> saying take the BTS jab. Ooh. Mm. Jab. <laughs> one and done. Uh, and then, uh, 60s, uh, I think we got the servo and make heroism with the goats. Uh, Pfeiffer was in on that. We got, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Bully Steed, Blueberry's the Magic Man. Uh, mm-hmm. Wild Sex with Scorpios. Uh, Bump for La Vie, uh, oh my gosh. Lavish. Lavishik. Lavishik and Boo. Uh, da, da, da. Uh, 30, oh, 33,000. 333 sats from Bully Seed saying, it's a beautiful thing you both have made here, BTS. Yeah, thank you, boo-boo. Thank you, Bully Steed. Yes, thank you so much. We really appreciate that. That's very sweet to say. Yeah. Um, I'm a little discombobulated for tonight, but uh, soon, I think we'll be back in fully operational mode. Fully operational battle station. Batman the battle stations. Yeah, so I was was feeling a little hot this week, so I I got some. It's all good. We're we're, we're cruising. We're we're rolling. And then uh, of course it was Pitar with the sixty six sixty six there saying, uh, "Oh my!" So I think that wraps us up. Oh my! Oh Thank my. you, Pitar. God bless everybody for the boosts and all of that. Yeah, that's- again, uh, these are uh, boostograms. Uh, so you know you can send them to us, and they'll they'll trigger goats and and coke racks and. You can shock gimps. You can see it all at liveislit.com. We've got a full list going there of all the uh, different things that you can do with your Satoshis. And it's part of the value-for-value uh, value model that we put forward. Everything that we produce, we put on the internet uh, that you can access for free and hope that you enjoy it. And if there's anything that you valued, uh, turn around and help produce uh, produce this show. Make it the show that you want to listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't have ads, we don't have reads, we don't have none of that. For good reason. Yeah. It's uh it's the only way. Badradio.live. She was like a Bitcoin goddess. Cross my boost and hope to die. Hey! Do a commercial, you're off the artistic roll call. Every word you say is suspect. You're a corporate whore and uh end of story. Hello? Easy guys, it's my first time. It's not your first time that you've ever called this telephone number, which of course is 612-263-7999. Call us up and leave a message. Mm-hmm. Six one two two six three seven nine nine nine. You give us a call, give us a text. We want to hear from you. Yeah, we do have one text message. And uh oh here we go. <clears throat> Texter says, 
I had a dream that Dr. Strangelove was supposed to premiere on 11-22-1963 with deleted scenes. In one of the scenes, the president got uh, pied in the face and someone exclaimed, Our president has been struck down in his prime. Well, I told a lie. I didn't dream it. Time for bed. <laughs> you still have is this so there was at the end of Doctor Strangelove, which is a you know, a Kubrick film. A great Kubrick film, one of my favorite movies with Peter Sellers and George C. Scott, a lot of great people in it. And uh it's all shot in black and white, and it's about like this nuclear emergency. And there was this deleted scene at the very end of the movie that actually didn't make it into the into the theatrical cut. A lot of the film takes place in a big war room where you have all the you have the president and you have these generals and these scientists, all the experts, they're all in this big war room. And at the end of the movie, they all have this big pie fight in the war room. And I mean, you got really famous people throwing pies at one another, you know, in this really ridiculous scene. And uh, it was so ridiculous that I guess Kubrick ultimately cut it, you know, but he did film it and it does exist and you can find it in certain director's cuts. But uh, yeah, it's a true story. I think we'll need to track that down. I agree. Shouldn't be too hard. Let's uh, circle back over to the voicemails and see what this uh, first caller has got to say. Oh boy! Oh, yeah. oh boy! It's Lavaus and Booberry yeah. Mothman of the Sunny Sky in California, IA. Uh, yeah. Wait, that's me. So, uh, how those goats doing? Not good. I mean, you guys have it to could be better. Like keep the the undead goats away from the dead goats, you know, or are they already getting like scared, or you know, how how, how does the separation factor work? You know, is it kind of like the cows already know what's coming up or something like that because I hear the slaughtering? But, uh, yeah. So, anyway. Uh, scream. Well, um, yeah. I, I shared it on the, the the Lotus podcast, but, uh, yeah, we had a family friend die and, uh, kind of like a family, family, family member almost to, uh, the Moas family and, uh, he was in the theater coming on the day and, uh, kind of just like a father-like figure to a lot of people. And, uh, and, uh, his wife had already passed like six years ago. So he's just got three kids and they're all, I mean, they're all technically adults, but still, um, you know, they're like 20 to, or mid twenties to, uh, to mid thirties. So yeah, woke up on, uh, Friday or uh, Saturday morning at like 1 a.m. to uh, my wife. She had just heard about it and I woke up and she comes in just crying and whatnot and just like, man, he died. And I was just, you know, like, what? But uh, I, didn't, I didn't actually yell. And I don't feel like yelling right now because I'm at work and outside, but don't want to yell too much. But uh, anyway, just on a little breaky break. But uh, yeah, so yeah, that was a weekend. Just kind of, I guess dealing with uh, that, if you will, and just trying to help the kids out. And and uh, we picked one up so he could be in town with his uh, other siblings and, and whatnot because we didn't want them driving by himself. And, uh, yeah, so, I don't know, just uh, set it on there. But, you know, call people up, give them a hug, you know, when you see them, next time you see them kind of thing. Like, just 
Yeah, tell somebody you love them. Kind of and uh, you never know when it's going to be the last time. Uh, that's what one of his sons was saying when we picked them up, you know. So, anyway. Not that you know them, but, yeah. All right. Wait, I love you guys. That dangerous. And, you know, whether it smells like goat or does not, go ahead and just give a little cacao. Collar, it definitely smells like goats. Yeah. The goats are cacaoing cacaoing. They have a front row seat. They are a witness to it all. Yes. They see everything and feel everything. It's quite uh, visceral for them. And viscous. <laughs> uh, condolences to Collar. Uh, genuinely. Uh, you know. Take care of yourself, family, friends, and uh, and condolences from us here. Um, I think, uh, do you want to go into intermission? Yeah, sure. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah, you got, uh, tonight's tape all, all done up. Looks like it's going to be did. about 14 minutes, give or take. A little under 14. Uh, yeah, I, I, I packed the sausage tight tonight. Oh my goodness. Well, let's just, uh, <laughs> chow down. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay, buddy. <laughs> Hello? Are you here? I'm glad you came. Things have gotten complicated. They know, everyone knows about us, about this. I don't think we can continue. Don't say that, Piggums. Of course I still love you. I would die for you, Piggums. But this isn't about me. This is about the good of the country. Remember summer? Scotland? Our little cottage on the Isle of Jura? I wish that month could have lasted forever. The two of us watching the sea from our bedroom. The brisk mountain air enchanting our very breath. Me putting my human penis into your dead pig mouth again and again. I've never felt more like myself than when I'm with you and naked inside of your dead animal body. We must be realistic about the realities of public service. I'm the prime minister. There are certain expectations. Well, people expect that I'm not going to put my willy inside a big dead pig for one. You know what I want. That soft, decaying piggy touch. The overwhelming scent of rotting meat. A crowd of onlookers gathered around us in a circle as I disrobe and go all hog-wild, if you will. I'm sorry, I just can't. I didn't want things to end this way. We were just two strangers who fell in love.
Look at what's inside. Organic, handcrafted, raw sausage mints. We know what you like. Also available in Miss Piggy and Babe. And for that ultimate experience, try new bacon removal. Order now.
now return to Behind the Schemes. Starring Booberry, Berry, 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 Berry. And lavish, 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 lavish. Welcome back to second, second half of show behind the schemes for episode one thirty-seven. That's right. It's episode one thirty-seven of Behind the Schemes. It's Monday night. It is uh, January thirtieth, twenty twenty-three. It is currently about nine eighteen p.m. on the Breft Coast, which means it's eleven eighteen on the Central Coast, and uh, that means it's midnight eighteen over on the uh, East Coast sewer. So, happy midnight in the sewer to those on the East Coast. You think back in the past when we were like barbarians, do you think people thought that was okay? I bet they did. Hell, it was probably respectable. You see some guy can chase down a pig and make love to it. You know that guy can run fast and make love. Maybe it was like, you know, a test of manhood. It was a feat of strength. It was a Herculean (laughs) task, if you will. An excerpt from the uh, play Jesus Crow, <laughs> apropos you know, with uh, some of the themes in tonight's intermission. <laughs> indeed, uh, I think you're dead on because it seems that that tradition carries on. You still, in order to be the chief of the tribe, you gotta catch that pig, and chase it down, man. Make watch it out, yours. Watch out for those tusks. Ah, I'm so glad that you played. The clip before the intermission. Oh, I got to, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm con- con- contractually uh, obligated. Contractually oh. obligated. Uh. It's true. A contract, you say? Well, send me a copy in triplicate. <laughs> Let me see this contract. Let me see what's in this thing. With one of them fancy embossed uh, seals on it. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, notarized. Yeah, that's the one. Notarized. Except, except yours is motorized. Motorized. Do 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 do. No, for life. Well, this is the uh, part of the episode where we like to take a moment and thank all the people that helped produce tonight's episode of Behind the Schemes. This being a value for value production, meaning uh, we we like to shout out and recognize the people that uh, make this show possible. That is correct. Uh, we, as uh, Sir Booberry said, are a value-for-value value production, which means that we don't have ads, we don't have any reads, we don't try to sell you any pillows or socks or anything like that, you know? We just are a publicly supported radio broadcast program in the truest sense uh, that can exist at this current juncture in 2023. Yeah, it's real wholesome. Mm-hmm. Uh Yeah. And we didn't have any PayPal donations come through for this week. And um, I did get a uh, an email from Mr. Ed for an intermission submission. So I'll, I'll get that one featured for next week. Um, well, that's always good. And of course, uh, anyway. uh, Spencer and Lorian, thank you for shooting over those ISOs. We appreciate that. Thanks to the bowlers. Um, and I'll just say thanks, Servo. Why not? We'll throw Servo in there. Yeah. Uh, he uh, he contributes a lot uh, to the show and to a lot of shows. And uh, so why not? You know, there's a bust of him in the uh, in the green room. So give an honorable shout out to Servo. Servo is the man, dude. I yeah. believe in Servo. A wizard. You're a wizard, Servo. <laughs> You're a wizard, Servo. Yeah. <laughs> You're a Servo, wizard. 
<laughs> what is my purpose? You're a servo wizard. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, uh, I've almost caught up on this this latest season with all this Rick and Morty drama. So dumb. Um, aside from that, I did, seeing as how I, I took a little liberty and I gave an honorable mention as well to Novak Djokovic. Do you... You probably don't. No one does, but uh, if you've ever you ever watched like tennis, you ever paid attention to tennis professionally? Uh, I can't say that I have professionally paid attention to tennis. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, well, that's fair. That's fair. Have you ever casually paid attention to tennis? Um, I can't say that I have. Okay. Well, this character, I don't know if you've heard of him, Novak Djokovic. He's the current number one in the world, and he's been the number one on and off for a couple of years now. And he got in a lot of hot water. He's one of the best tennis players that's ever lived. And right now he's dominating. And he got in a lot of hot water because he didn't get vaxxed. And he has a very, like, strict regimen. And he, you know, deduced that the vax wasn't in his best interest as an athlete. And he took alternative routes to try and inoculize himself. And um, they really ripped him, and they still are to this day. They they banned him from the Australian Open in the middle of, of the, the heat of COVID. And the Australian Open is one of the top four biggest. Uh, they're called them the Grand Slams, or the big ones. And so for them to just straight up ban him, who's, you know, he's one of the best ever, it's, it was a big deal. And he finally got to come back this year to the Australian Open, and guess what he did? He fucking whooped everybody. He beat the shit. He only lost, like, one set out of 16 sets. This guy came through and karate (laughs) chopped the entire continent of Australia. And so I I had to give a shout out to a man, no joke. It's, uh... He's out there fighting the good fight. He he's the one that um, there's the Bill Gates meme floating around. He's uh, exclamation point sad faced at the guy. He's there watching the match, or am I making this up? Uh, when Billy Gates is watching tennis, I I will uh, I will attempt to find this meme that I I'm referring to. Um, let me yeah. we'll, we'll circle back on it. We'll circle back. Uh, very well. And, and Servo asks in the chat, he goes, alternative inoculation methods. Yeah, that was my thing, too. I mean, he went through some some high-end, like, uh, you know, natural herd immunity type of program where he naturally built up a resistance to whatever COVID stuff that they had classified. And uh, the bottom line was is he didn't get the jab, so he didn't get to play. And now he's back. I'm back, baby. He's way back. You thought yeah. you could keep me down, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I got a video. Uh, I should I should actually post it in No Agenda Social of him winning the Open and like climbing the wall and screaming and just he's just a a Serbian Viking. It's just it's just beautiful to watch. Told the whole continent to go after themselves. It's great. So that's my honorable mention of Novak Djokovic for the three people out there who have ever watched tennis. (laughs) 
It's, um, yeah, I cannot find this. Maybe it's floating around on No Agenda Social. I will track this down, though. I will find you. Uh, we I did have a couple. You. We did have a couple boosts come through. Uh, we had seventy-seven, seventy-seven. The woohoo from C Dubs. That's the David Lee Roth boost, uh, and he's boosting through Boost CLI. It seems. Mm. And then uh, he sent. Uh, well, Boostbot specifically sent thirty-three, thirty-three, saying send sync karma. Uh oh. That doesn't sound good. Hmm. Boostbot has syncing issues? Oh no, what happened? Well, what's the deal? And then, I don't know, did you catch the seat up 7777? Mm-hmm. He, okay. Yep, that was the he David Diamond Lee Dave does. Yeah, Diamond yeah. Dave. Yeah, right on. Well, thank you, everybody, for the boosts. Uh, thanks for keeping it tame for the phone call. You came through, and I think he, he liked them. Jacob liked them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> Private browsing is right. Novax Djokovic. Let's, uh, we'll see. We, we do have a screen mail we could hit. You play that? Well, let's do it. Ah, nah, just kidding. Uh, happy 100 episodes, you crazy bastards. Just called to wish you that. It's very cool, very legal, and. Delicious. Anyway, oh. the government. Have a great night. <laughs> said anyway. Fuck the government. Have a great night. Yeah, fuck the government. Have a good night. Definitely not a Fed. That's very much not a Fed. Very unfed like. Yeah. Yep. Are you a Fed? No, I don't think so. Oh, I'm God. surrounded by my Feds. Hello. <laughs> no shit, Joe. <laughs> did uh? Did you catch that? No. You, uh, I didn't get a chance to clip it, but you low-key got a shout-out. They ended up talking about your vaporizer on the episode. The one that you recommended oh, yeah? to Adam, yeah. Well, I, I didn't, I don't think I can say I recommended it, but we just, we just happened to have gotten the same thing. So, we we chatted about it on NAS. We both used the, the handheld Mighty Vaporizer. And, uh, yeah. It's good to see the mighty getting some love because I think that's just. I've been smoking weed for a, a little while now, and it's the best thing I've found. As far as a, a grass vape that will give you the the same buzz as like you know smoking a joint or whatever, right? Um, but that's cool. I got I got to check it out. Did you you already listen to the whole thing? I, I assume I did. Yeah. Yeah, I got to catch up. It was I don't know. I think it was the least engaging appearance, probably, of uh, all of the ones that he's done so far. On whose part? Joe's or his part? Both of them. I just... The whole meme of Rogan saying, but can we talk about how crazy X is? Uh, that <laughs> legitimately came up at one point. Joe mm. said... But can we pause for a second to just talk about how crazy tanks are? Um, he seemed to have no interest in any of the podcast and 2.0 stuff. Adam tried to bring it up a couple of times, but uh, you know, but Joe he, had no interest. Yeah, they ended up talking about uh, banning people off of No Agenda Social longer than they did 
actually discussing podcast in 2.0. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's funny stuff. Um, so I don't know. It's Game of Thrones. It was okay. Well, I'll give it a shot. I mean, uh, what I was waiting for was for clips and stuff to kind of bleed through NAS because that's what happened last time. Uh, or all the times, I should say, that that Adam's been on, people will clip all the best parts and like the ESG stuff or whatever. And with this one, the only clips that I saw really come through were Adam talking about religion and all of the Christ, all the Christians in the house got got jitty about it. Yeah. Um, As which is cool. It definitely predominated. Oh, it was uh, a big focal point for the conversation. Yeah. It was a perfect uh, clip for like a 4chan like meme. Uh, you know when they do the work safe gifts on 4chan and they kind of just make like a little music video? It's like 40, 30, 40 seconds long. I it's don't old. I don't know if I... I'm not sure if I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I'll, I'll maybe pop a example later. And Pharaoh's right. John does need to go on JRE. That'd be funny. That would be funny. I would. I think that would be enjoyable. Um. I, I just, you know, like... Or is this really what we're going to do? We're going to prove or disprove Jesus being the son of God on the Joe Rogan experience? No, of course not. Yeah. So I just... In that regards, I'm kind of like, eh. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, do people even really listen to Rogan anymore? Is is Rogan because I obviously he's probably still number one, but I, I really don't know. I mean, I yeah. I guess that's the uh, the illusion. I think plenty of people do, but I think the podcasting has has moved forward since Joe Rogan, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of options out there. A lot of stuff you can listen to. Yep. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's, well, it's always nice to see Adam run around and do, do his thing. Although I, I would say Adam is much more of a conversationalist than John. Not that John can't do it, but if he were legitimately invited on a GRE, I think he'd like, uh, I don't know. Maybe he'd troll a little bit. Maybe he'd do a little trolling. It's in his nature. <laughs> yeah, it would be fun to see John set Rogan's phone to <laughs> Vietnamese or something. Oh, God. In the, in the settings. <laughs> Walks around and starts uh, turning knobs and stuff. Hey, Jamie. Uh... And then they had Jordan Peterson on right after Adam. I, hmm, interesting. That guy's kind of lost the plot, I feel. <laughs> He's not getting better. There was one point where he definitely had the plot and he was doing the right thing and he was being misrepresented. But nowadays he seems to be saying some stuff that's just getting him in trouble, you know? Mm-hmm. Just like Jones, Alex Jones, you know, he... It's kind of a similar thing when he starts talking about brain pills. Lose the plot. Uh, anyways, what's um, what you got for tonight? Well, 
There's been a lot of information that's been released uh, concerning this attack that happened on Paul Pelosi. Oh, um, yes. This, is, this happened, the actual attack itself happened just before Halloween on, uh, last year, 2022. Uh, actually, I'll just let the clip kind of spell it out, the intro clip. Uh, I'm sorry. The, it's all good. Uh, one intro clip to, to popping. I see it. Video of David DePap allegedly attacking Paul Pelosi, now available for all to see, including potential jurors. When you look at the brazen nature of this attack done right in front of a police officer, that's very devastating evidence for people to see over and over again. Stephen Clark is a legal analyst and former prosecutor. He hold says the release of this video will... Sorry, what's that? Hold, hold on one sec. So they're just kind of introducing it, but I like the way that the, the news, this is local Bay Area news that's talking about this. And they're actually kind of giving this guy a little buffer. They're saying that by releasing all of this stuff that they've released to the public, that it's actually screwing him over when his court date comes. And that it's making they're making a case that the jurors there's no way the jurors won't be biased <laughs> mm. yeah they'll see this and it'll taint their impression of them and yeah and there's a lot out there so yes please continue will certainly have an impact on depap's trial neither the depap defense team or the prosecution wanted this information released because it greatly affects mr depap's ability to get a fair trial Body cam footage show police arriving at the Pelosi home October 28th, the night of the attack, capturing the moment when DePap allegedly attacks Paul Pelosi with a hammer. I think the defense may move to change venue outside of San Francisco because every San Franciscan that sees this is going to have a very difficult time coming into court giving Mr. DePap a clean slate. DePap is facing multiple federal charges and state felony charges, including attempted murder, and has entered a not guilty plea. The mental health defense is still on the table for Mr. DePap. I have to go fight Jeremy. And this recording of police interrogating DePap could play a key role, says Clark. And I think the defense will look at this statement he made to the police and said, this is a man who is unhinged who is suffering from mental illness but clark says the police questioning could cut both ways mr tapap makes a full confession to these charges certainly that is very problematic as well because that interrogation may not actually come in at trial i think the defense would try to keep that out but now it's been released to the public how do you unring that bell tara campbell abc7 news trump was unhinged <laughs> unhinged is always a nice little dog whistle nice little word that pops up when you uh, don't want it to mm -hmm. so the main uh, headliner footage that's been released is the actual body cam footage from the police officers that answered the door that night and everybody's been kind of waiting for it everybody's had secondhand thirdhand knowledge but now the actual video is released and you can see it at the show notes uh, if you go to zososcorner.substack.com uh, it's the very first link under the title stop the hammering the footage is honestly kind of violent um, it seems legit it doesn't seem that staged to me 
what happens is he they both open the door, and I also have footage of of this guy breaking in. And this happened around two in the morning, a little after two in the morning in San Francisco. This guy broke in through the back door, uh, and then found Paul sleeping. Paul Pelosi sleeping. This is the story. And then Paul calls the police uh, in a very cool and collected way. And they've dropped the entire 911 phone call. If you play that, please, clip two. Friday, October. San Francisco Police, 74. 2022. Oh, I guess I, I, guess I, uh, I called my mistake. What is this? This is San Francisco Police. Do you need help? Oh, well, there's a gentleman uh, here just waiting for my wife to come back. Nancy Pelosi. Uh, he's just uh, waiting for her to come back because she's not going to be here for a day, so I guess we'll have to wait. That's so weird. Okay, do you need police fire or medical for anything? Uh, I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Zero two twenty three and fifty eight oh. seconds. Yeah, there, there's the uh, um, is the Capitol Police around? Two twenty. No, this is they, they usually my wife. They're usually here. They're usually here at the house protecting my wife. Uh, no, this is San Francisco Police. Friday, October. I I no, I understand. Eight. Um, okay, well, uh, I don't know, what do you think? Uh, he thinks everything's good. Uh, I've got a problem, but he thinks everything's good. Uh, okay, call us back if you change your mind. No, 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 this, this gentleman just uh, came into the house, uh, and he wants to wait here for my wife to come home. Zero, two, and so, uh, four, and forty-eight. Anyway, he's do, you know, do you know who the person is? No, I don't know who he is. He, he, uh, uh, he has this. He's telling me, he's, he's telling me not to, uh, he's telling me not to do anything. What is your address, sir? Uh, 2640 Broadway. Zero, two, twenty-five, and zero. What is your name? Seconds. Uh, my name is Paul Pelosi. Friday, anyway, this, this gentleman says that uh, he thinks everything ought to, you know, he, he told me to put the phone down and uh, just do what he said. Okay? Okay, who, what's the gentleman's name? I don't know. What's that? My name's David. Da- the name is David. Okay, and who is David? I, I don't know. I, what's that? I'm a friend of theirs. Yeah, I, I, um, he says he's a friend, but... But you don't know who he is? No, no, ma'am. Okay. He's telling me I'm being very leading, so i, I got to stop Zero, talking to you, okay? Two, okay. You sure? I can seconds. stay on the phone with you just to make sure everything's okay. No, he, he wants me to get that off the phone. Zero, two, okay. Okay. And zero, eight Thank you. Seconds. Okay, bye. That's mm-hmm. uh very hmm, bizarre. <laughs> bizarre. The <laughs> word I was using was fascinating. It just seems like a fascinating call. There's a lot going on. There's a lot not not going on. Like is is it just everybody's calm? Is everybody confused? 
everyone's calm and confused from what I can tell. I mean, this guy is in his jammies. And when, when the police open the door, or I should say the police don't open the door, it's bizarre. They have an electronic do- a front door. Mm-hmm. So when they answer the door, nobody's actually opening the door. The door just swings open by itself, which is kind of weird when you notice it. And they're sitting there. The both of them are standing there. DePap is fully dressed. Pelosi's in, in his jammies. And he's hanging on to the, to the hammer. And he's basically keeping the hammer at a distance. And he's kind of keeping a grip on it so that, you know, because he, he doesn't trust this guy. But they're both smiling. And they're just trying to be cool. And then there's like a little scuffle. And then this guy just starts wailing on him. This guy, uh, DePap, uh, puts the hammer straight to Paul Pelosi's head. Knocks him out right there. And then hops on top of him and starts uh, beating him. And the cops react immediately. I, for one, thought that the cops reacted appropriately. They they saw this and they tried to you know stop him as best they could, as quickly as they could, I should say. And they subdue him and they put him on the ground and they handcuff him. And then you can see Pelosi is just lying there. He's knocked out cold and there's a growing pool of blood around his head. And uh, the cops call for reinforcements for for medical code three, and then and then the the video ends. Do you have a clip of that? I do have a clip of it. It's in the show notes. Uh, if you want to, it's actually in, in No Agenda Social is where I posted the the video. So you can just go to my. I can get it here. Yeah, I got, I got it. I got it. Uh, if I can just unmute the video. Uh, oh, there we go. Yeah, definitely here. Definitely don't want all of you. Hello. They're looking around, looking around. Yeah. Fucking said twenty six twenty, right? Clarify the address. Yeah, it literally said that. Hi. Door opens. Are you holding the hammer? Everything's good. Hi. Drop the hammer. Um, nope. Hey, 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 hey. What is going on right now? Bro, oh oh, shit. And the guy's like, nope. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) I will not drop that hammer. I will Uh, drop the hammer on this guy's head. Oh, my goodness. Um,. I'm going to take that back here for a second, because I, I think I have a way to enhance this a little bit. Uh, let me check check this out. Like I do a uh, compressed, normalized, limit, and equalize for the Paul Pelosi audio. Uh, here we go. Hi. <laughs> How you doing? How are you? What's going on, man? Everything's good. Hi. Drop the hammer. It's hammer time. You got it. Oh goodness! Nice. Enhance. I I, I definitely heard. Uh, I guess it would have been Paul snoring from the concussion. Yeah. Like it's not good. No, I mean it looks legit. C Dubs is very correct in the chat when he says that these sorts of things can be 
generated with AI, but same time, it's, uh, it's, uh, it looks, it looks real enough. So, and you know, the truth is, is as much as we make fun of these guys and as much as I don't like government and these people, I don't want anyone to get hurt. I don't want to be violently, you know, murdered by some crazy person. You know? So I don't, I don't condone this sort of behavior. Uh, I think these people should be tried in, in front of a jury of their peers. And I think they should be put away for life. That's what I think. Uh, you know, I'm a simple man, but, um, with this situation, you got this guy, he attacks him. And then not only that, but once he's arrested, he wants to be heard. He's trying to put out a little manifesto. You can tell. They mentioned the police interrogation. He was interrogated by a sergeant, SFPD sergeant named Carla Hurley, who, and the, the article says this, this is a CBS article, it says that she was a sergeant at the time of the attack, but she was recently promoted to lieutenant. Uh, had a had a part to play in all of this. She interrogated him. That interrogation is online. I have clipped it. And uh, he just, like, spouts nonsense. I mean, he doesn't have a lawyer. They read the rights to him. And this is something that you got to understand about law enforcement. If they read your rights to you, and then they start asking questions, and you answer those questions, that's your fault. Yeah, you just waved those rights right out the window. Yeah, this is the deal. This is the game, you know. That's why they say don't talk to cops. And you even, like, here in the very beginning, in this first interview part here, she, like, warms up for it, and she's, you know, kind of getting in the zone. And then when she's actually engaging with him, oh, she's so friendly, and she's just trying to she's just trying to get to the bottom of it, you know? Yeah, she's looking over him going like, I'm just your friend, buddy. Pull it. Guy. Uh, pull it. Uh, let's check out. I know I'm going a little out of order, but just uh, play interview part one. Interview part one. This is Sergeant Hurley, star number 1583. It's October 28th, 2022, at 0736. This is in regards to case number 220741717. Going to attempt to conduct an interview with David DePape. D-E-P-A-P-E. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Um, I'm Sergeant Hurley with the San Francisco Police Department. I'm in the Special Investigation. Uh, how, are you, how are you doing right now? How are you doing? How are you doing? Yeah, that's okay. I prefer to nap, but I guess I could. Okay. You I guess I could. Oh, I should bleep um, this out. Why? Uh, the they're about they unleash a lot of like personal information. He, they're gonna say his phone number now, which mm. I guess is fine. It's already out there. But uh, do I have a sensor? I might have a sensor button. You just go beep through the whole thing. <laughs> Let me see. I might be able to. Uh, 
Yeah, I think I can. Oh, oh God, it's terrible. <laughs> I had to play the number. I was about to guess it. I think it's four seven nine two zero three eight two one two. Four seven nine two zero three eight two one two. But that's a guess. And uh, where do you stay? <laughs> um, honestly, I. I know how to get there. I don't like go by the address. Um, it's on Shafter Street. Shafter in Berkeley. Shafter Street in Richmond. It's on the border of Richmond and Oswego. No, we're going to be talking about that. Oh, okay. Is it an actual house or are you? It's kind of like a garage on a house. So I know the audio is a little rough. Um, but basically she asks him what his name is, how old he is. He's 42. He lives in Richmond, uh, Richmond, California, which is a, it's a town. It's not far from me. It's just across the bay from San Francisco. Uh, not too far. And he mentions that he lives on Shasta street. And, uh, this will uh, be important later. I will pull uh, this card and hold on to it. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, we'll listen to interview part two. You know, why did you, uh, how did you end up there today, this morning? Um, well, I'm going to talk to you about what I feel like talking about right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to, like, get away with it, so, you know, I know exactly what I did. And, um, but is there a reason? Like, did you feel like the Pelosi's have done something to you? Well, not me specifically. Um, to the entire American public, honestly. Um, How so? The fucking lies coming out of it is insane. Or specifically, like. Of all the people in Washington who are fucking lying on a consistent basis, she has to be like the fucking leader of the pack. Yeah. And, um. Like, you know Watergate, right? Goodbye. You know Watergate, right? Yes, of course. It's like, whenever there's a scandal, you like name is XX Gate, right? Yeah. It has become the, the defining scandal. And all Watergate was was spying on a rival campaign. Okay. And it's like, when Trump came into office, what they did went so far beyond spying on a rival campaign. It is just crazy. You mean like, like her efforts to smear him, or are you talking about like Hillary and the DNC? Right. And it's like it originates with Hillary, but like Pelosi ground with lie as much or more right. than anyone. Like. Honestly, like, day in, day out, the person who was on the TV lying every day was Pelosi. I mean, Hillary was kind of on the scene because yeah. she doesn't really have a position. Right. And it's like, this is one of the, this is like fucking record-breaking crime spree the Democrat Party has been on for the last four years. And it's just fucking insane. When you say crime spree, do you, are you talking about how their laws and what they're doing have affected crime, or that they themselves they are, are the criminals. criminals? They are the criminals. I like the uh, I like him dropping the idea that 
adding gate to any sort of scandal negates it. Mm-hmm. Classic. And him using it as a metric and saying, hey, well, you know, everyone says that Watergate was so bad, but what they're doing now makes Watergate looks like look like Christmas. Nothing. Does that make sense, Christmas? I guess that's an appropriate term in that sense, I, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're just getting to kind of appear into whatever this guy is. You can say that he, you know, he really is a whack, and you're just listening to him kind of wax about what he thinks. Or you can go the conspiracy route and say that he's a plant, and he's kind of going on a script, and he's playing a part. You can go either way. you, you got to have kind of both things in mind when you're listening to these things. Any thoughts on his, uh, anything else before we continue? Mm, I guess I was naturally leaning towards all those big pauses. He was letting the, uh, programming load up. He was processing. Um, I don't know. I, my, I guess my general intuition says that this guy is a Manchurian candidate. Mm Mm-hmm. And I like that. That's a, that's a good hypothesis, I think. Not one to disregard entirely. Because there is some information about this guy down the way that kind of is, is funky. There's a lot of funky things about this thing. That's why we talk about it. Um, we'll uh, listen to a little more of this interview here. Interview part three. Yeah. So not only were they spying on a rival campaign, right. they were submitting fake evidence to spy on a rival campaign covering it up, persecuting the rival campaign. When you say rival campaign, you're talking about Trump. Trump yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's, it's just like a, an endless fucking crime spree. It's like, they go from one crime to another crime to another crime to another crime, and it's just like the whole fucking four years until they were finally able to steal the election. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah. it's unacceptable. So, like, I guess... What was your intention to go there to make her change her ways? Like, um, well, I was going to basically hold her hostage and I was going to talk to her and basically tell her what I do. And and hold her hostage and do what? And talk to her. And she told the truth. I let her go. <laughs> yeah. It just went to talk. she fucking lied. That was going to be Um, can I, can I provide some, um, Advice for color. Do. Please Shut do. the fuck up. I know, dude. <laughs> this guy on. really is in trouble. I mean, come the fuck on, dude. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, you, you, you're talking about... <laughs> you said the word kidnap to a cop. I was going to kidnap this woman. Come on. Like... They're not sending their best, okay? Nope. Uh... So this guy's digging himself a nice fat hole. Obviously, you know, th- there's not really much of a case. I think that this guy's going to, if he's, if he's really, you know, uh, I don't know if he's really, what, if he's for real, they're going to throw him in solitary confinement for the rest of his life. Even if he's not real, even if he's a Manchurian candidate, they're still going to throw him in, in jail forever for this. He's not helping his case. Uh, we'll listen to him dig a hole a little more. Interview part four. I I do think he has a better chance of living if he is indeed not a Manchurian candidate. Just, Perhaps I. There's weird. The Capitol Police keeps coming up. 
the Paul Pelosi mentions it, and then Nancy's going to mention it, and it keeps coming up. Capitol Police are like Nancy Pelosi's secret police. They are her secret service. They are there, and uh, whenever you, they bring up Jan Six and they talk about all this stuff, I mean, that's like Nancy's thing. Capitol Police are my bitches. I guess I never realized that they travel with her. I guess so. I didn't realize that either. I figured they just protect her when she's in Washington. But I guess when she's back home in San Francisco, the Capitol Police send a detail out to protect her. I am the Capitol. I am the police. <laughs> I am the law. Uh, this was number four. Part four. Did you really think that she would... Tell the truth? Yeah. No, absolutely not. I knew beyond a doubt. Yeah. Fucking lie. Right. And so you think it was a poor plan? I mean, do you regret that you did this? You know, I mean... No, it needed to be done. Okay, but but Paul, you know the person you attacked is... He was not my target. I even told him that. Yeah. Um, so... What was your plan with him? Like, you knew... He already told you she's not home. I'll tell you. Right? So... I basically get there, and um, I see like the best way to get in is probably the lower door. So like it you is. You say lower door. Uh, so there was like a glass side. door. Yeah. Okay. And it was all glass, and so like I hit it, and like um, I basically. How did you get it? Like, did you break it? It was not easy. That is like special. Is that how you cut your hand? <laughs> so that That's easy. It's not on glass. Right. Holy shit! So I hit it pretty hard. It. it doesn't it, it, it cracked it enough to leave a mark? Yeah. But not enough to like break it. Right. And at that point, it's like, well, the mark is going to be seen, and like, they will definitely like. There's cameras everywhere. You know, like every every second house has a ring thing on it. Of course. And the cops can go see that for evidence if they need. Sure. There's no way I can walk from where I came from to here without being on like a thousand cameras. Yeah. So it's like I'm already busted. Hey, Eno, when you see an L, you got to call it. I guess so. Certainly calling it out there. And we have footage. There's no audio to the footage, so there wouldn't be much use playing it here. But in the show notes at zosascorner.substack.com, you will find I have some footage of him at the back door breaking in with the hammer. So we've got camera footage there. Uh and he's just spilling the beans, dude. Information's cheap. Man, I mean, this guy obviously has never been arrested before. Must be his first time. Which uh, surprises me. Uh, we got one cut left of this interview. And then we'll move forward. Interview part five. Pound me off. Then you broke it, but you were able to break it. And then did you just walk in, or did you read So, I, I broke through, and, um... I tried to like turn the handle, but of course it's locked. So then I had to break the window even more. Okay. And uh, that still wasn't enough. No, that, that's not where I put my hand. Okay. That was with the hammer. And it's like, I was actually getting pretty winded at that point. Right. And I'm like, this isn't going to work. And so I it's basically really tired. forced my body through. 
And that's probably the Through the broken window? You'll see there's like a big thing. I, basically I saw it. I didn't think that. Body slam my way through it. And then you were able to get in. Yeah. But by that point, I was like kind of so exhausted that I couldn't like get my face in with me. Right. And I started walking around. And what, were you bleeding already at that point? I didn't feel any pain. Okay. Um, honestly, I didn't feel any pain here until like the cops kind of like tapped me. Yeah. And um, so I like started like walking around looking for them and it's like, the house is like freaking empty. It's huge and empty. It's like, I'm starting to think like, oh fuck, what if they're not even here? Right. And then literally I love to talk to the bedroom. I'm actually surprised by him. And he was like surprised by me. Like, he, was, he was asleep. Like all that noise, yeah, he did he not did. hear. And so then he basically wakes up. And um, we're kind of talking. I don't, what are you remember, I don't remember the specifics, but like vaguely, I kind of told him that I'm like looking for Nancy Pelosi, and um, he's like, she's not here, and she'll be here weekend, and then he's kind of like, what are you saying, week? Well, a weekend maybe, I think, like she'll be back probably weekend. Um, he wasn't too specific, and um, he was like. How can we resolve this? And I'm like, I don't know. And um, and like, so he's kind of like asking that a bunch, and I'm like, I don't know exactly how to resolve this. I don't know. It's like, so what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, honestly, can I tell you? I just want to fucking go to sleep. And um, you asked him to tie. You wanted to tie him up so you could go to sleep. Yes. Because you were winded from. Yes, and I had to carry that fucking heavy backpack all the way here. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> so he was real tired from having to carry his backpack all the way from Richmond. He probably had to take Bart and walked all the way there and busted into the bulletproof glass and body slammed his way in and then got found out that Nancy wasn't even there. It's just a big empty house with. With dumb old Paul Pelosi, who's still winded from his DUI that he got like three months prior to this uh, incident. And uh, wanted to tie him up, because he was tired. He wanted to take a little nap. He figured, well, if Nancy's coming back, we'll just wait here. I'll take a nap. I'll tie you up. And it'll be cool. Everything will be groovy. Everything will be real groovy. So... This is the uh, this is the interview that was leaked, and there's more to it. You can find it at the show notes, ososcorner.substack.com. It's a little bit longer. Uh, there's some other stuff to address. This guy, I was just looking up this guy. Who is this guy? Who is David DePop DePape? Well, I, I you know me, I like to do little bullet bullet point deals. So I just went through the list here. He's a 42 year old white, long haired husky male. He lives in Richmond, California, a place that I'm actually fairly familiar with, and he lives on Shasta Street. His full address has been disclosed. I'm going to mention it on the on the podcast, but I'm not really going to list it uh, explicitly in the notes. He's unkempt. He's intimidating. He's making these manifestos, uh, phone calls. We might get into that a little later. He, they portray him as like a Trump goon. He's a MAGA terrorist. He has a blog where he talks about all this political rhetoric and and we did some digging and found out that his blog is called friendlyfriends.com. Uh, F-R-E-N-L-Y-F-R-E-N-S.com. And we've got uh, an archive because they've taken it down since. But I was able to get a copy of it from the Wayback Machine. 
You can find that in the show notes. And then I also started looking into the domain information, which I have screenshotted in the notes, and it gave uh, a wealth of information here. Turns out this blog, uh, or at least the domain, was acquired on November, uh, sorry, uh, September 8th, 2022. Ooh, so this fresh. is Yeah, like less than two months before this. So the news was portraying him as a guy who just, you know, for months and months had been uh, all over the internet talking about this stuff. But it turns out that he was around for less than two months, if this uh, registrar uh, information is to be trusted. He has his address listed in here, indeed, at Shasta Street in Richmond. Although there's a typo, the state is uh, listed as Alabama instead of California. But the postal code is is correct. Uh... And so we have an address. We have a real, actual, genuine address. So we look at the address. The address, I found it on Redfin. It's a nice, it uh, looks like a nice little like three-bedroom, two-bathroom in, in Richmond, California. And it is registered to one Malcolm Lubliner, who is a famous photographer uh, mm-hmm. out of California. This guy... Uh, well, after some digging, we found out through through some of these images and through some news interviews that it actually is his his residence. At first, I thought it was like a business or something, but it actually is where this guy lives. So, Malcolm Dubliner, he's a famous Bay Area photographer. He was around back in the '60s. He was hanging out in Haight Ashbury with Janis Joplin and Grateful Dead and the Prime, and and he was part of that whole scene. And he has a very lengthy career of taking great black and white photos in that time period in the 70s and on. And um, so it's just weird that this guy is living, DePop was living with this, this famous photographer. So we look into this guy, and we found some images here. Uh, the East Bay Times took some pictures and interviewed, I guess, uh, his friend Frank. Frank... Cicerelli. And these two guys, I guess, they as soon as this whole event happened, they moved out. Or he moved out. And so they've got pictures of him, you know, packing up to Pappy's shit and putting it in the truck. Yep. You know, and getting rid of it. Uh, this guy, I guess, was living in his garage. Uh, as he says in the police interview, he says that he's living in this guy's garage. So we got pictures here from Halloween, which is a couple days after them loading up all the stuff. And you look into Lubliner, and it turns out that he has a major connection with the Getty family. The Getty family. Are you familiar with the Getty family? Uh, is that the Getty photography family? Uh, they have a lot of uh, photos, yeah. they. It's like the licensing company for stock exactly. imagey, I- images. Getty images. And there's also the Getty Trust and the Getty Museum in L.A., which is one of the most prestigious art and photography collections in the world. Uh, the Getty family was an industrialist. It's an, it's an old L.A. Uh, oil dynasty. Mm. And J. Paul Getty was a very famous industrialist back in the day, one of the wealthiest men of his time. And he got famous in particular from a, it was a kidnapping scandal where his son got kidnapped and the ransomers asked for $3 million or something, and, which was a ton of money back then. And J. Paul Getty was like, nah, go fuck yourself. You can kill my son. 
Goodness. Uh, yeah. So that's the kind of guy that this guy was. But his family, they're they're very wealthy old money in LA. And they they own probably the largest collection of, of physical art, photography, and digital art and media in the world. Uh they're a, a big time California family. And uh the Pelosi's happen to have a, a long-standing friendship with the Getty family. The Pelosi's and the Gettys are the old California wealthy families. And they go back generations, entwined for absolute, absolutely generations they've been together. I have this article from Newsweek that was published called The Surprising Newsom, Pelosi, and Harris Ties with the Getty Oil Dynasty. And this uh, article, which is written on June 23rd, 2022, uh, Newsweek uh, goes through all of the sort of connections that the Getty family had with Kamala Harris, Gavin Newsom, Nancy Pelosi, and all their families. It's an old, old, old uh, nepotistic system, particularly in California. I think people really don't understand how much California is in the throes of a few wealthy families that run the show. And uh, included in this also is the uh, Brown family, uh, Jerry Brown and his father. Uh, They all were tied into this too. So this all just goes back. And it seems peculiar to me that the Gettys who really love this guy, this, this Malcolm Lubiner, they, uh, in 2013, after almost 20 years of effort and collection, and doling out a shitload of money. They finally purchased all of the rights and all the images to Lubliner's 60s and 70s work, which is the core staple of his career. So the Gettys basically love this guy and have subsidized his whole career and, and have made this guy who he is and own his work and promote it. He's in the Smithsonian, he's in the Getty Museum, he's everywhere. And it just seems fucking weird with how tight the Gettys and the Pelosi's are, and the Bay Area photographer being one of the Gettys' favorites, that this guy hadn't come up. That maybe they didn't hang out with him or or discuss him or, or anything like that. This guy obviously is in somewhat involved in the circle. And this guy is housing DePape, this allegedly mentally deranged, full-grown man, 42-year-old man, who's determined to injure you know, his wealthy... Benefactors. I'm curious as to what is, because you're saying that he's living in the garage, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at the one where uh, I guess it's the friend loading up a box into the back of the truck. You're looking at the garage straight on. You can see the 1822. Mm-hmm. The door's open. What Do you see the, the color palette there? That color palette poster? Uh, yeah. Does, does it have flags on it? Or just color schemes? Well, it's a uh, color swatches. Yeah, swatches, yeah. It almost looks like uh something for prints, almost. Pantone, maybe? I'm not sure. Well, this place, I think, is an artist commune of some kind. I think this guy is maybe like a patron to artists. And if you're an artist, you can, I don't know, solicit this guy and maybe go live in his garage. Hmm. maybe get access to his gear and his expertise. I'm not sure. I tried to find the interview because according, you know, these pictures that I posted in the show notes, they have little captions here 
And they say that the East Bay Times went over and interviewed these guys explicitly about this, but I couldn't find the interview or, or any article anywhere. But the East Bay Times has written about this photographer in the past. He's written about his connections to the Gettys. So, it's, I don't know. It's all kind of tight. And it's just weird. It's just There's just something about it that's weird. It's tighter than tight. And then, as far as this other guy that's hanging out with Malcolm, his name is Frank Cicerelli. I found a, his Instagram profile, and it's kind of weird. It's I think this guy is a photographer, too. And they're very, like, black and white, artsy-fartsy pictures with, like, a lot of liberal messaging. But then there's just like a lot of pictures of, I don't know, his daughter, I guess. I don't know who it is, but it's just weird. I don't know. Something about it. Yeah, I'm checking it out right now. Um, And DePop, I guess, was alleged to have targeted an, a number of people uh, in, in the Bay Area sphere, including none other than the raging contagion himself, the Bay Area legend, Tom Hanks. Uh, Tom Hanks was in the list. Was this so? list published, or was this just a something it was this, spouting off about? This allegedly was in the the interview. I didn't hear it in the clip that, in the one that I clipped from, but I guess this Lieutenant Carla over at uh, SFPD got it out of him. CBS was quoting her saying that she said that he was targeting Tom Hanks among other people, mm. and I'm pretty sure that that article is is in there in the show notes. So, uh, just another, just casting a spotlight on this guy. I didn't really want to talk about all of this until we had more information, man. Information. Gotta have the resources. Gotta so, have my links. Yeah. And it's all referenced there. Zososcorner.substack.com, episode 137. If you're interested in checking it out and watching uh, maybe some, uh, some gnarly video footage huh. but uh yeah newsom's harris's Pelosi's, and gettys are godparents to one another's children and make appearances yep. at important family events wow lifelong friends that's a crazy small club it is a small club and uh buddy mm, don't think you're in it I don't see your name. I don't see your name on the guest list. Well, I think DePap body slamming his way through a window was as close as anyone is going to get to being uh, part of that world. The one thing that makes me really lean towards uh, this has got some sort of meme multiplier on it is how do you pronounce his last name? DePap or DePepe? DePap or DePepe? Yeah. I've heard different pronunciations. That well, you know what I, you know what I think in that regards. De Pape, come on, come on. De Pape, yeah. I'm trying to tie in a little bit of chaos magic. Yeah, a little bit of Kekistan coming through there. Mm-hmm. Which I think is part of the friendly friends thing. I'm, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. You leaned into that Pepe situation. I. uh I, I really kind of was interested by this character, and, and I will close this segment with his call into 
uh, KTVU, Fox 2 News, local Bay Area News. He called in and he left a little uh, something. It's less than two minutes. And he just uh, he lets everybody know, uh, you know, you're welcome. Okay, so what 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 do you want to say? Because they release, as you know, they released the video earlier today. Yeah, I saw that. Yes. What what um, did you want? Thank you for calling me. What did you want? <laughs> what did you want to tell me? Um, now that you all have seen the body cam footage, I have an important message for everyone in America. You're welcome. Uh, uh, thank you. Isn't dying. It's being killed systematically and deliberately. The people killing it have names and addresses. So I got their names and addresses so I could pay them a little visit and have a heart-to-heart chat about their bad behavior. The Tree of Liberty needs watering. We need men of valor, patriots willing to put their own lives on the line to stand in opposition to tyranny. I would also like to apologize. I want to apologize to everyone. I messed up. What I did was really bad. I'm so sorry. I didn't get more of them. It's my own fault. No one else is to blame. I should have come better prepared. I spent all my time exposing government corruption online, only to have them silence my freedom of speech as quickly as they could. They circumvented the Constitution and private industry. When the grooming class outsources their repression of your civil rights to private industry, it's called fascism. I have a lot more to say. I had a website of over 300 pages. That's 300 pages of stuff they don't want you to hear. I'm in the process of trying to set up a new site out of the reach of tyrannical global homo-fascists and their internet censors. Wow. <laughs> Laying it on thick there. Yeah, straight up. This guy thinks he's uh, Che Guevara. Meet the that's <laughs> the old Alex Jones as new as good as the new Alex Jones. Yeah, whole thing's weird. And then of course there are the rumors. I really tried to look into this these rumors that he's a male prostitute and that he and Pelosi like knew each other and stuff. I don't know. I was trying to find stuff on that. It's not much out there. Found his address. <laughs> Uh, but if, uh, if anyone has any more information, you're more than welcome to email me at lavish at behind the or boo at behind the schemes.com. And let us know if you uh, have any uh, more information concerning the subject. Indubitably. Oh, uh, well, I'm checking the screen mills and I don't actually see anything and I don't see any other boostograms coming through. Um, the only other thing that I wanted to bring up is I think we're going to, and by think I, I should say we are, uh, planning on upgrading the server size for spook.social. Uh, but we are going to end up closing down the submissions for new people. Um, for the immediate future for I'm, now. Yeah. I'm not sure what that number is actually going to be. I'm still waiting to get back, uh, some information on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that should hopefully mitigate the, uh, the issues of the non non loading and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
So we're working on it. We're figuring it out. Yeah. And if you want to get in before we close that off, you can always catch us at spook.social. Yeah. Oh, we also got a t-shirt website. Uh, Make Heroism was uh, saying that there's some new stuff coming out uh, in February, which is hella exciting. Yeah. We got shirts, jackets, all that. Where can you find it, Booberry? Uh, BehindTheSchemes.shop. It'll take you to a Threadless website that they maintain. Easy. It's so easy. And thanks to them always to to make heroism and Mary Kate Ultra. Yes, thank you for all of your courage, everything that you do. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, it's I'm I'm wearing a BTS NPR shirt right now. <laughs> you love I, it. I, you know what I'm wearing right now? Actually, is the the aftermath shirt. That oh, Charlie nice. Sanders. We're in my aftermath shirt. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder where that album's at. I wonder if they're ready to debut it. Yeah. Them. I wonder how Charlie's doing. Yeah. I should uh, reach out to him at some point. Check in. I think so. But we do do this episode. Uh, this show. Excuse me. This show every Monday night. Starting at around 7.30, 9.30, 10.30 Eastern, respectively. You can always check us out over at badradio.live, where we get a live stream and a chat room. Indeed. Uh, if anyone's listening on the No Agenda stream, you can find us if you're in the troll room. Just join hashtag green room. We're there at irc.zeronode.net. That's the best way to engage with everybody, hang out, get information, man. Yeah, you can make- find all our links at zososcorner.substack.com. And if you want to check out the other other second, second half of the show, i.e. all the chapters and additional artwork that we do for the show, you should uh, you should be listening in a nude podcast app that'll display chapters. Mm-hmm. You're missing out. You don't have a new podcast app. You gotta get in there. So much fun stuff. You can watch us play chess. <laughs> yeah, we should do that again. Would be pretty fun. Pretty, pretty, pretty fun. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. One thirty-seven. Uh, Hundred episodes feels good. Here's to a hundred thousand more. No doubt. I'm ready to start that counter off next week, and you can catch me then. I'll be Booberry Mothman of the Miniocalypse. And I'll be laying low where things are nice and slow. My name is Lavish. Badradio.live Yeah! Scorpio! I could be your 33rd. Like I do uh, compressed, normalized, limit, and equalize for the Paul Pelosi audio... also has a buttery voice. The person that I would recommend is to listen to Lavish on the Behind the Schemes podcast. Eat it! Eat it! Eat it! Lavish! <laughs> <laughs>